Do kids do that these days? (laughs) Do they all just sit there and Skype? Welcome to Sincast, presented by CinemaSins. Everybody, welcome to the Sincast. This is Chris Atkinson from Cinema Sins, joined as always by the voice of Cinema Sins, Jeremy Scott. Hello. And from Music Video Sins, Barrett Share. Howdy. Hey, and we're going to be talking about the movies that are coming out in the next four months. A, a sort of a fall winter preview. It's time for the Jedi to end. We know each other. He's a friend from work. I'm Molly Bloom. Do you know about me? Oh, hi, Mark. One misses the days when one's biggest concerns were exploding wind-up penguins. My name is Hercule Poirot, and I'm probably the greatest detective in the world. If you'll come with me, you'll float too. You'll float too. You'll float too. You'll Yeah. Um, I thought you were going to stop at, we're going to be talking about the movies. Yeah. <laughs> we're going to be talking about movies in general today. In a bit of a curveball for this right. podcast. Movies originally called talkies. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, so September through December, there's a bunch of stuff coming out. Uh, some things aren't, I don't think, in stone, really. But Right. Um, but, uh, we'll go over some stuff that we see on the schedule. Like here. anything titled Amityville, anything on <laughs> right. this, in these four months is not <laughs> yeah, set in right. stone. Even no. if it has the letters of Amityville <laughs> yeah. in it, it's probably not coming <laughs> out. Um, yeah. I was thinking we've done this. This is our fourth time of doing like a, a seasonal preview. Mm-hmm. We're d- doing pretty good about identifying specifically like the shitty ones. Mm-hmm. Cause like we did one in summer of 2016 and we looked through it and we were like, there's a lot of shit coming out mm-hmm. like this this year, and we we're like, eh, all right, maybe some of it would be good. That was a terrible summer. Mm-hmm. That was a that was one of the worst summers of like big movies yeah. that we've seen. And then we did the fall movie preview about this time last year, and Chris started saying something about like, yeah, there's this Passengers movie. Yeah, looks like there's some red flags that because <laughs> because there wasn't a trailer out yeah. for it, and it was like coming up in the next like two months, and you're like. Eh, well, that's the thing. Like, yeah, you, you're coming out with a movie that is a sci-fi and it's two weeks after the Star Wars movie's coming <laughs> out and you don't have a real trailer yet. Right. That's a that's a big, huge red flag. Like, uh, like, I don't like I don't know if we should come out with this movie kind of a red flag. <laughs> I don't uh, know if we should put Andy Garcia in one scene. Right. This movie. Right. One one very brief. Seriously, how much do you think he made for that? Well, okay, so apparently, and I'll talk about this later, but apparently he was supposed to shoot several scenes of him going through the ship and everything and discovering what they had left, including if they had kids, oh. which was kind of like a, a fan theory. Um, but they just cut it. They were like, you know what? It's going to work better. Uh, to, the director said that it's going to work better if we just cut it off right there and leave the questions to the audience. It would also explain the chicken. <laughs> Uh, I mean, <laughs> I, I've mentioned recently, this movie, I, I still find it super watchable. Me too. Um, and he does, when he before he plants the tree, it does show him going into some kind of, like, plant he, repository. Yeah, but he and he's, like, doing all these designs and, like, And know, I still think stuff. those are all invasive species you don't take to another planet. But mm-hmm. I don't think the chicken is ever explained. No. And I don't think that's, ever, unless he ordered, like, a raw egg from one of those breakfast machines with his regular coffee. And then he, a raw egg. And then he like sat on it until it hatched. Um, let's start off with September 1st, which doesn't appear to have any major releases coming out, which mm-hmm. is a weird thing. 
Mm. I did watch, a, there's a, supposed to be a Close Encounters of the Third Kind re-release, but there's one every year, so. You yeah, know, I every mean, year? Gonna, almost every year there's yeah. a re-release of Close Encounters. Um, but uh, the one at the top of the list on the box office mojo is a movie called A Boy Called Poe, which there's a couple of these movies coming out uh, this uh, in this time period where it's like, kid who has some sort of affliction is bullied at school mm-hmm. and that type of thing so we've got two of those kind of movies a boy called poe is an autism movie hmm. um so it's got it's 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 got one it's one of those feel good let's get out get all the families out and watch this type of movie movie but it doesn't seem to have a major release it seems huh. to it, it not not according to box office mojo it usually bolds those movies and says this is a big release coming out this one doesn't appear to be so this might be one of those word of mouth, yeah. maybe a Christian type of screening. Type well, I just of thing. hope they. I wish they would do autism correctly. I mean, they tried with the the accountant, but the most egregious example is in Power Rangers oh. that Jeremy and I just watched. And there's a kid that like almost immediately announces he's like I'm on the spectrum, and they're like and they, they make kind of a joke about it. Yeah, and like but he does kind of you know the autistic spectrum spectrum where it's Aspergers versus mm-hmm. whatever, um, but. Like he acts like he's got some autistic tendencies in the beginning of the movie, and then just goes back to just regular stock character after that. Yeah, yeah. I I saw there was a there was a character in the Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt latest last season that was I believe autistic. Oh yeah, and they made a lot of the stuff funny. They weren't making fun of him as the as you know having autism or anything, but a lot of the things that you know like a lot of those quirks of autism and everything mm-hmm. he's a real character and everything and had funny lines right i thought they did a pretty good job of doing the autism in in that in the uh in that last season i gotta watch that um but that was that's towards the end of the season he i remember i wrote about 10 sins that barrett had to cut for the accountant because yeah. i i was like this can't be what autism is like and like every time he came back going no that's actually pretty <laughs> accurate i'm like a rolling pin on his shins and he's like people do that well like, the Fuck. thing is is the thing is is that we you know uh, people who don't know much about autism and everything keep finding out that hey it's not just one thing right right it's, it's not a just the social avoidance yeah, yeah it's a lot of things mm-hmm. and everything so um anyway that's coming out but i don't think it's gonna have a major release but yeah that i mean september 1st i mean (laughs) i wouldn't want to release a movie on september 1st either september is always as we've said before a garbage dump Mm -hmm. and what's a bigger garbage dump is it february or september boy um they've started to save february lately right deadpool came out in february well january is more of a cesspool than than february now february the first week of february the super bowl sunday february is the one of the worst weeks Mm -hmm. ever that's when amityville will come that's yeah that's when amityville will come out uh but february is not a good month by any means but yeah they started they found out that you can come up around valentine's day you can come out with about anything Mm -hmm. and and it'll and it'll do well um i'm trying to remember there was one where i think it was like john wick and uh some other movie came out there was a lot of like big movies that came out on on one week of february and they all slammed it so february can be a decent month mm-hmm. it's that first week is basically an extension extension of january which <laughs> is also an awful one i think september's worse though those are all the movies that i think they clearly know couldn't couldn't take it Every once in a while, you'll get something in January that's okay. And I guess occasionally you'll get something in September that's sort of like trying to avoid all that, that fall rush. Mm-hmm. Like usually it's late September, though. Right. Like that 
first like when everybody's back in school and everything oh my god coming back from vacation september's Labor a Day. garbage yeah. dump and speaking of garbage dump september 8th uh unfortunately there's a 9-11 movie starring charlie sheen my god have you seen this trailer i have seen this trailer it feels like a trailer to beginning of tropic thunder like it feels oh. like a fake movie yes it does it looks horrible yeah, it it's it looks awful. It doesn't look like a, a particularly sensitive, uh, <laughs> like I mean, it's got people. Beard's face is hilarious. I actually had this is horrified at just the idea. <laughs> Do you 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 see you see people acting like very sincerely and everything in this? Like Whoopi Goldberg is in it too. Oh. And, and uh, it's you know it's of course it's probably based on a real person and all that. Oh, but it's called nine eleven. It's called nine eleven, and it's me, coming man. out September eighth. Oh. It's a tent pole for September eleventh. Oh. It's just tacky. It can't be any worse. Oh. I mean, I mean, I have a feeling that they they wanted to make this movie, and they probably called everybody, and Charlie <laughs> Sheen was the last person. <laughs> Charlie, we've got Whoopi. Yeah. It's, it's a, 1989 again. It really is. I mean, seriously, I, did everybody like say no to the script? They're like, 9-11? This one's nope. called? Nope. Even Tara Reid turned them down. Yeah, I know. That's weird, right? How did Tara Reid turn us down? Uh, but yeah, 9-11. It's about, uh, it's about one of the guys that's stuck in the elevator of one of the towers, and Whoopi Goldberg is like one of the people on the ground that's like... Like, uh, what is she doing in that? She's she's from some, she's on some she's at some control center of some mm. sort or whatever. I remember when uh, United ninety three and World Trade Center, even World Trade Center was not a good movie, mm -hmm. but United ninety three was a really good one. Um, they, those came out in two thousand six, and and they were they were five years away, you know, from that moment, and they were very sensitive about it. But mm. now we're sixteen years away from it. And uh, yeah, they're not shy about showing stuff that right. normally is is extremely distressing to a lot of people. Um, maybe there's enough distance now that they pe people just feel like you can just go ahead and do this or whatever. <laughs> it does not look like a particularly sensitive portrayal, although. I mean, it looks like they're the actors in it are trying their best, but it's Charlie Sheen. Yeah. Just like he's, this is like Jeremy saying, it's like a Tropic Thunder trailer almost when you yeah, see him. Uh, you should watch it later, Barry. Dude, I'm just reading the description just real quick. On the morning of 9-11, a, mess a messenger sings happy birthday to his daughter. A billionaire argues with his wife in a divorce hearing. A maintenance man begins his day, and a young Russian decides she's breaking up with her sugar daddy. That's actually in the description. That's, that's the a fucking description. Sugar daddy. Yes. That's that's the entirety of the fucking Could this possibly be the first movie on the IMDb to get a 0, 0.0? Maybe so. Maybe so. I can't believe you just read those words. I'm going to get sucked into the dramatic emotional this story is... of a Russian sugar baby on 9 11. A sugar baby. <laughs> Jesus, hooker with the heart of gold. <laughs> wow, oh, I really was missing that perspective on 9-11. Yeah, <laughs> I really was too. I was too. Uh, obviously, the big movie that's coming out on September 8th, and it might challenge it might challenge our uh, our perceptions of September movies, is It. Mm -hmm. oh. It is also coming out that week. Um, and that one's had a huge buildup. And it I, has. is it still like one of the most viewed trailers or or is the most viewed trailer? It's one of them still. And I think this is like part of a two-part 
like they're gonna make two movies mm. and this is just the first one yeah this one's supposed to be like two hours and 15 minutes on its own yeah and i think at, at stages it was even considered to be a series um well the, the first one was a miniseries yeah it? it was a miniseries yeah. and it's and, a long uh, ass book too it, it's like a thousand page book mm-hmm. well we had our uh, we had aaron sims on the show mm-hmm. and he did some of the creature design mm-hmm. for it for pennywise and uh, so i've kind of been interested in following it ever since and i i don't give a shit about horror mm-hmm. i watch horror movies that basically you guys or somebody else i trust says no this is really good i don't go in for the annabelle's and i don't just <laughs> i don't enjoy getting scared but i'll be watching it just because you know it, but the trailers look cool um but i just feel connected to it a little bit yeah the trailers do seem cool but it's like it's not world shaking like the the clown effects are really creepy of course mm-hmm. but like everybody's saying like this looks amazing but there's all these especially the later trailers where they're just doing the jump scares and the horror tropes and stuff like that when yeah. When they were uh, doing like the the flipping of the cards and everything, and it was just barely revealing uh, Pennywise's face, and that's creepy. Mm-hmm. But like the rest of them, where it just shows yeah. up out of nowhere, I'm like, nah, come on. I tell you what, I'm I'm there. I'm wa- I'm watching this movie. Um, the the thing is, and it could it could be terrible you know, mm-hmm. for all I know, but uh, it looks awesome. I feel like they're really getting the Stephen King down in this trailer, especially with the the brother who's like, you'll float too, you'll float too, you'll float too. (laughs) And it's so much like that book Mm -hmm. that because that that, you know, Stephen King always puts those little things in in his books where like somebody is just just becomes a monster in front of you just before your eyes. Yeah. And because it starts off so innocently, like you'll float too, you know, that time. And then by the time it's like that is what gets me into the theater for it it just gets that right and it sort of gives you those the um the feeling you get when you're reading that book and everything i read it a long time ago it's kind of like that red rum moment in the shining yeah yeah it's like it's creepy until he starts screaming it's interesting that you say that i've i've never read a lot of stephen king and i'm I respect him, obviously, but he said the other day that he didn't have anything to do with this movie. They didn't even ask him, hmm. uh, and he didn't sound offended by it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but because I think he's even been quoted before as saying, "Like, I shouldn't be involved with the movie's versions of like." I think he said something along those lines in the past. Anyway, so it, they somehow captured the the King feel without. Maybe that's been the problem all along. Too much consultation with Stephen King. <laughs> I do. Yeah, I think the, the worst ones. I don't know how much he had to do with like Stand by Me or Shawshank or anything like that. But like, you know, of course, The Shining, polar opposite views, and obviously that's a classic. So I think probably leaning towards he can stay away from it is fine. Yeah, you yeah. almost feel like he probably didn't have much to do with Stand by Me or Shawshank because those are short stories that right. he even that they were made into a longer features and everything. I don't know what you gather from him on those things maybe they did i don't know frank darabont did do a lot of stephen king adaptations mm-hmm. he may have uh, actually consulted him on some of those but um and we all know that he didn't with the shining because right. <laughs> kubrick was like you know, <laughs> Fuck you. Yeah, exactly <laughs> um but i i think it, it it might actually challenge that notion if it makes like a 30 40 million dollar opening or something like that which seems to be the kind of like buzz it's got yeah uh, then September might forever be changed because of it. Because people I think realize trying to just gain extra Halloween momentum. Oh, right? yeah. Mostly the Halloween horror crowd, studio-wise, will, will hit mid-early October. But the, I think they 
I think they know they have something good on their hands and they want an extra month of, of time leading up um, as opposed be. to them knowing it's a turd and burying it September. Yeah, could be. Although I feel like with the way things are these days that that might be too much of a lead into Halloween. Mm. Like it's if. Yeah, you, I mean, there's, I feel like they still probably make the money that they're going to make, and they avoid all those October releases, which are usually the Oscar, it's the beginning of Oscar season. Uh, but that movie is going to should have extinguished, unless it's really good, should have extinguished all of its like Halloween, you know, equity by the time October hits and mm-hmm. everything. But if it's really good, it it'll really it, i mean that will really push it it'll be like mm-hmm. you know people still watching it in october it'll yeah. be a it'll be a huge hit all the way through until november by yeah. that point if, if yeah. that's the case i just can't wait for and one of the youtube commenters did this uh i think on the last video uh, i can't wait for the everything wrong with it mm-hmm. everything oh, wrong yeah. With it. <laughs> oh yeah 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 <laughs> Little things um, make me fun. There is another movie coming out on the eighth that doesn't look very good. It's a Reese Witherspoon movie called Home Again, where oh, she's yeah. like a oh, yeah, no. single mom who's like, I guess, dating three other dudes mm-hmm. who are all younger than her and everything. And I don't know. It looks pretty generic yep. and uh, whatever. We don't need to talk much about it. Um the fifteenth brings us um American Assassin. Oh, is that the one with Michael Keaton in it? That's the Michael Keaton mm-hmm. trains a guy who was from he's from Maze Runner, mm-hmm. um, the and uh, the guy he's a, he's like I guess he's training, and then he does some things that are a little bit off book, and Keaton's trying to rein him in, but I don't know. Oh, <laughs> this is based on a really popular book. Is I remember it? reading about this, uh, and I'd never heard of the book, but uh, it's hugely popular, and so it might pull some fans in hmm. for like almost like Jack Reacher when that Jack Reacher movie came out. I'd never heard of Jack Reacher, but there's like sixty-two books. Oh yeah, there's Jack a million. Reacher. Yeah. Um, so I think it's one of those things. Mm-hmm. It's an adaptation, but we'll see. Yeah, I mean it. it I mean, I, I watch it just because Michael Keaton is is especially he's in some amazing career renaissance right now and everything and. I don't know. Assassin movies usually are are decent. Yeah. I mean, even X assassins. Versus, <laughs> X versus Sever. Except for X versus Sever. Assassin's Sever. Creed. Yeah. I <laughs> uh, didn't see Assassin's Creed, but I'm going to assume you're right. Wanted. Oh. Oh yeah, Wanted. Um, anyway, <laughs> but uh, that's coming out. The then there's a movie from Darren Aronofsky coming out called Mother. Okay. What do you think of the the trailer for this? Uh, it doesn't seem very Darren Aronofsky like. It sure doesn't. It does at the beginning. Have you seen this? Yes. Uh, it does at the beginning. Mm-hmm. But. Either, there's two things going on. Either it's a direct ripoff of a Rosemary's Baby, mm-hmm. or and or I guess they gave away the entirety of the plot like in the trailer. Well, yeah, they did the the sort of that what lies beneath thing where they show that the husband is not as cool as right. you think it, think he is or whatever. This is Jennifer Lawrence and Javier Bardem who are married and everything's everything also like 30 years apart by the way he's, yeah. he's like 51 and she's 20 i, I, I know See, like i guess jennifer lawrence has gotten to that point though where like she's done that so many times we don't even bat an eye <laughs> she's like always been super younger than the guy that she's yeah. with and everything um but yeah harvey Bertin is way older than than i mean this is pushing it yeah and the next thing we're gonna see is her with like james woods or something <laughs> like that Oh, fuck me. <laughs> I'm surprised James Woods isn't in that 9-11 movie with Charlie Sheen. I, I, I bet he makes a cameo. Yeah. Like, this is very Garcia. important. This is very important to do, <laughs> tell the story about the sugar babies. <laughs> what about the sugar babies? <laughs> what about the Russian sugar babies? Nobody understands. 
but it's a it's sort it's a sort of a thriller uh horror thriller type of thing these guests these guests come over they're strangers to mm-hmm. jennifer lawrence then you find out in the trailer you know javier bardem knows these people yeah and that's the creepy part it's yeah. super creepy ed harris walks in gaunt ed harris which yeah. is kind of a, a new look for him but like yeah i was on board and then all of a sudden hey here's the movie mm-hmm. yeah. i think aronofsky when he did black swan i think that tapped into some kind of love of horror because that movie does devolve into horror Mm -hmm. by the end of it and i think uh maybe that's why it doesn't feel so aronofsky Uh, i don't know pie and requiem for a dream both have their horrific elements Uh, i don't i don't know but but i i was when i was watching this trailer i was i was not expecting to see darren aronofsky's name on it yeah and I don't keep up with who's doing what until I see a trailer. I'm not that type of uh, person, but, but yeah, it, I mean, I don't know. It looks interesting, but mm-hmm. it also looks, I don't know. It could be very generic too. Did you know she's dating him now? No. Jennifer Lawrence is dating Aronofsky. Oh, really? Yeah. I didn't know that. So he's, he's not a young. No, spring, he's not. No. <laughs> spring no. chicken or yeah. anything. Either. Aronofsky. 36 year old bald headed Stan. Sorry. All right. A little Eminem slipped up. <laughs> Aronofsky might be about as old as Javier Bardem. Yeah, I mean, he's he's been at it for a while. Yeah, um, but uh, that's coming out. And then there's a movie that's supposedly coming out called All I See Is You, which doesn't have a trailer. Mm. Doesn't have a real trailer anyway. It's just, it, I saw one on YouTube. But YouTube, man, has become sort of a... It's a fucking minefield looking for it trailers. It really is, especially for stuff like this that doesn't have an official trailer. Because they like all these parasites come into YouTube and yep. they start... They they make a channel called that movie full movie right <laughs> and yeah. and they there's like five of them yeah and they're all like here's the trailer for this movie and you click on it and it's like you know it's goddamn garbage you know it's not well, even- it's, a, it's either nothing and then like a minute and a half of subscribe to us yeah 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 or there's like a fan made trailer for something completely different that the the principals have been in and I, ah, yeah ah, yeah so so this annoying. one has one like blurry fucking piece of footage that somebody like you know probably ran into an editing bay and stole and like you know, <laughs> and, i got it yeah and uh whatever but it's got uh jason clark in it i think hmm. and it's some movie about uh this this girl regaining her sight and I and they're married, and then I guess the all I see is you. There's there's some sort of thriller. It's the reverse. The, uh, is it was it Val Kilmer? Val Kilmer? Yeah, 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 yeah. At first sight, <laughs> At first which first was sight. was a uh, was sort of a um, I don't know. That was just a romantic comedy yeah. thing, or ro- just a romantic drama movie, or whatever. It wasn't very good, but right. it was based on a, a real story too. Uh, but uh, yeah, that's supposedly coming out. Um, then the twenty second brings us what is probably i i can't believe i'm saying this an unfriended clone basically <laughs> friend request uh, <laughs> this isn't a movie yeah Anybody like a, in it we know a ripoff of unfriended um i don't think so um didn't you like unfriended oh yeah i thought it was decent um but i i, I just can't believe that we're already at a point where we're basically stealing <laughs> that yeah um no, no, nobody of real note. That I'm sure a lot of these people have been in stuff we've seen before, but I, I don't, I, I don't recognize anybody. Mm. But uh, if I, if I recall correctly on the trailer, it is uh, about somebody who doesn't have any friends on Facebook who gets friended by this popular girl, but then the popular girl unfriends her, and then it becomes this whole thing like the, the, the person commits suicide or we think she does 
and then she starts killing everybody on the list of it's like Facebook exactly friends. like unfriended right well unfriended is a it was about a bunch of people shaming this this one girl as a slut or right. whatever and then she she commits suicide which right. is another part of it but then like like basically through the ether or whatever she starts one by one killing all these people who are all in these frames like, right. there's like four or five people in a frame all skyping each other which uh, do kids do that these days <laughs> do they all just sit there and skype i don't know but they were all in that like that five panel thing and each one one by one is getting like it's almost like almost a one-shot movie almost oh, the way it is but yeah uh but this one is more uh i don't think it's through the computer and everything i don't think it's like they're going through the ether there and like trying to you know <laughs> makes it, me think of <laughs> Sarah Marshall's horror movie they talk about at dinner. Oh my god. Like, I mean, how can a mobile phone kill you? I was I was thinking that exact thing watching this trailer. Uh, but yeah, it's it's one of those type of movies. I wonder how these horror movies will stand up in let's say 20 years. Do do we, do we do we still have Facebook as we know it? 20 years from now maybe mm -hmm. nope we have a facebook chip in our brain Ooh. oh yeah Ooh. <laughs> i can call it my friends right now yeah, yeah. silent thought communication there are two potentially big movies coming out on the 22nd and this, again we might be challenging the september thing but kingsman the golden circle mm -hmm. comes That's out gonna on the do 22nd. Well. yeah i think so too trailer's really fun trailer mm -hmm. is very fun and he's got a million people it really it. does and you know it looks like they are keeping enough of the original but also going a little bit more bonkers in a few different directions um and i was surprised how much i smiled watching that trailer mm -hmm. yeah be excited yeah I, i'm kind of excited for it too um and then uh then the the new lego movie ninjago comes out which yeah. is also going i mean i wonder if lego the lego animation brand has anything if they don't have like a really well-known property with it um the lego movie did well uh with great marketing and everything that was another movie that came out in february by the way oh yeah uh, then the the Lego Batman movie did okay. I mean, it did didn't do with Lego movie business, but it still did great business. Mm -hmm. But this one, I don't think average person is familiar with Ninjago. I think kids are though. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, and so I think they'll they'll probably still pull in Lego Batman dollars or better. And then then you take somebody like me who's completely unfamiliar with this brand. And then you show me that trailer, yeah. mm -hmm. and it, it's like, fuck Lego Batman. This is awesome. <laughs> looks, I want to see this right now. It looks hilarious. It does. I, I'm, I'm very interested in watching this. My kid's been talking about this movie since, I think, May. So, oh, wow. <laughs> you know what? We may have, in September, at, at two movies on this week, and then it's still going mm -hmm. at this point. Two movies on this week who might have they might shatter September records. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Because September has never been a month that, people like studios like to go for but they're apparently seeing the the benefits of a barren month a typically barren month to come out with something strong yeah if they've got good properties then yeah i think people are finally realizing that it doesn't matter where you put a movie as long as it's good everybody wants to watch it yeah. it doesn't matter if school's in or what mm -hmm. right now so right. uh so that's an interesting week um then on the 29th uh, we have the remake of Flatliners coming out. Oh, my God, damn. Oh, isn't um, oh, Kiefer in this? I don't know if he's in this. I think I remember reading Kiefer was going to be in this. Mm. And this has got a pretty good cast, if yes, I it remember does. right. It does. as Ellen Page in it. Diego Luna's in it. Yeah, Diego Luna. Um, but I could not. I mean, this is just another. Why? Mm-hmm. 
Why? The first one is, if you, if you care about this kind of a story, the first one holds up fine. It sure does. That kid with the hoodie and the hockey stick is scary as shit. Yeah. Um, I just don't know. I, this is one of those movies. I'm just like, why this? Yeah. Of mm. all things. Yeah. Um, I mean, well, I know why. I mean, it's because it's a really interesting story. And the, 90, the 1990 version is very dated. Sure. Um, but yeah, if you care about the story, it's a great story. It's an interesting story. It's a disturbing story. Mm-hmm. Uh, but this hits all the same beats, and then it adds those horror tropes on the end of it. Mm-hmm. And it's like, we brought something back with us, you know? Yeah. Jump scares and all that stuff. And But I think when you have some sort of idea about going into the afterlife and coming back, it's a really interesting idea. And they say, oh, well, we can just slap some new shine on this, and whole new generation is going to fall for it just like they did the other. But you're not going to have that cohesiveness of the cast you're not going to have that original idea yeah and i don't know that it, it looks awful to me yeah i guess what they're hoping is that the i'm putting air quotes millennials um mm-hmm. are not familiar with flatliners because uh, i don't i mean i think it did okay i don't remember that being like a huge hit everyone had to see um and and that the attractive cast and the horror premise will draw out you know the teeny boppers to come see this movie and you know you can probably you can throw almost any horror movie at the wall this time of year, and you're going to make thirty million. That's why they yeah. make horror movies so much, uh, because there's just that element out there that likes to be scared yeah. and clutch their boyfriends or what have you. Which is crazy because the first one wasn't a traditional horror movie. It was more of no, just it was more like of a thriller. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they had that what Keith Sutherland, Julia Roberts, Oliver Platt, Oliver Platt. It was a great cast. Yeah. Kevin Bacon. Kevin um, Bacon. Yeah. The uh, the first movie made sixty one million in nineteen ninety. That's pretty pretty decent. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's pretty good. Um. I don't think this one is going to hit even 60 million probably, but who knows? I mean, I don't know. I watched this trailer recently too, and I don't know. I didn't get the terrible vibe that you did Barrett. Um, because I also more interested in just the, the, the ideas that they're exploring. And yes, I've seen the original flatliners and everything, but, uh, there were some, I thought there were some pretty cool moments in the trailer, but especially towards the beginning again. Yeah. Again, it's the, it's, it's not a movie that needed to be made, but I'm, I'll give it a chance. Probably not in theaters, but Mm -hmm. I'll, I'll, I'll give it a chance. Um, the other movie that's coming out is Doug Lyman's American Made, the Tom <laughs> Cruise movie where he's basically like on everybody's side. Like mm-hmm. he's on Pablo Escobar's side. He's on the government side. He's just guy. He's guy with a plane who's delivering stuff. Yeah. Um, I don't like my Tom Cruise like this. Yeah. I don't want him to be an anti-hero or anything like that. Just stick to your, your lane. I like, mean, he's pretty good in his lane. Yeah. Except for when he hurts himself on set. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> They're going to push Mission Impossible 6 back nine weeks production. It's going to yeah. change the release date. That's crazy. he broke his ankle. Um, yeah, I mean, again, I I didn't pay much attention to this trailer. It kind of looked a little generic to me, but it, I am always fascinated by what Doug Lyman does, so mm-hmm. I'll probably check it out. Yeah. Um, Donald Gleason. Yeah. Um, yeah, and, and I'll, I'm, I'm interested in this because of the Doug Lyman, Tom Cruise factor and everything. I'll watch this. Uh, on into October, we have uh, Denis Villeneuve's Blade Runner 2049. This is a very conflicting movie for me. It really is, because I have zero interest in Blade Runner. <laughs> I have zero interest in a sequel, mm-hmm. but I want to watch everything this guy directs. Yeah, And he just chose to make a movie that's a sequel to something I don't really care about. So I'll be there. I'll be there just for the visuals alone, but maybe the rest of the movie will wow me as well. I just, I'm not going in with any of the history or the myth. I think I've seen Blade Runner twice. Mm-hmm. Um, it just has failed to capture me. I feel the exact same way. Yeah. So I'll watch anything Villeneuve makes at this point. I wish he would do 
something that's not a sequel to a 40 year old movie and especially bringing that that hero back into the you know the yeah harrison ford's kind of character doing like a remember when cal ripken was retiring and they have made <laughs> all the teams were giving him special gifts yeah. same with jeter and he would hit a home run in every park as he took basically harrison ford's doing that with his career i'll play han solo again i'll play indy again i'll play deckard again i'm mm-hmm. just like oh, okay yeah i'm i'm there because the visuals of this look really amazing um and yeah, Denny Villeneuve has not really uh, disappointed me. Right. I mean, so I'm I'm gonna go for this. Uh, I'll be a little bit cautious though because I'm not I'm not the hugest Blade Runner fan either, mm. and I probably watched it three or four times. Although every time it's on somewhere, I I start watching it because it's just that type well, of thing it looks that just amazing. draws you in. Yeah. Um. But uh. But yeah. There's so many just images in the trailer for this that I'm just like, oh, it looks so awesome. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um. So and I I'm, like Ryan Gosling. So you mm-hmm. know, maybe I'll have a good time. So I I'm like there. His jacket. It's a good looking jacket. Hopefully, they've made a movie that doesn't require you to have some kind of passionate connection to the first Blade Runner. Mm-hmm. And, and I'm guessing that's probably what they did. Yeah. Uh, another movie coming out on the October 6th is The Mountain Between Us, the Idris Elba, Kate Winslet plane crash survival movie. What yeah. the fuck? Oh, have you seen the the trailer? No, for this? I've never even heard of this movie. It, uh, those are two amazing actors. Yeah, and this trailer looks it, maybe it's misrepresenting it, but looks like standard it's, action yes, fare. Yeah, it's if like you've the Englishman seen, who went up a mountain and came down. It's not like that. Away. It's more like <laughs> The Edge than anything. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, The Edge, which I actually would recommend watching. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, it looks like The Edge, although maybe I don't think Idris Elba and Kate Winslet are adversaries in this as no. much as Anthony Hopkins and Alec Baldwin were in that movie. This is just more about they need each other to get out of this situation and everything. So yeah, survival movie in the in the. Hopefully, it doesn't get into like uh, alive territory. Yeah, we don't need any of that, um, <laughs> or even 127 hours territory. Yeah, I cut I, my arm off to survive, and here's a, a two-hour movie about it. Well, there's, <laughs> yeah, there's also a dog in this too, so I'm sure that that'll factor into things. Did they not see this has already been covered with that Samuel L. Jackson Swedish movie I told you about? <laughs> He's the president of the United States, but he crashes in like the Nordic mountains and some kid who's been sent out by his dad with a bow to become a man comes across him. But then the assassins who shot the plane down come to the woods and it's just like this on the run survival thing. I mean, this movie's just going to be that all over again. <laughs> There's also a My Little Pony movie coming out on October oh, 6th good. with a lot of like big name uh, voice talent. But what, is that still it? a thing? Yeah, what? it's still a thing. Is? The Bronies, yeah. Well, oh, the yeah. Bronies, yes, but is it? Oh, and it's popular with the kids still too. It's gonna be a movie based on that show. Yeah, friendship is magic. Friendship. Okay, mm. okay, that's different. I thought. I'm still stuck uh, yeah, it's not like a so from a, the eighties. Yeah, <laughs> Emily Blunt plays Tempest Shadow. All right. Kristen Chenoweth is Princess Sky Star. Uh, Leah Schreiber is the Storm King. He's got such a great voice. He does. Michael Pena is Grubber. Uh, Saya is Songbird Serenade. <laughs> Tay Diggs is Capper. Will your characters cover wanna, her face? I just want to listen to Chris read off My Little Pony names. <laughs> Zoe Saldana as Captain Salano. <laughs> There's a lot of people doing voices in it. I watched the trailer for this, too. I, oh, watched, yeah. I watched the trailer, and uh, I'm not going to go see it. <laughs> <laughs> but I feel like it's just good enough that people are like people are going to take like this will be good for the bronies and all the little girls that like watch my watching my little the show, also the that show same company's funny. working on a strawberry shortcake movie too oh, oh yeah? yeah 
no <laughs> yeah, i would believe it i mean seriously if you put it out there in the world it's like it's like whatever the rule is for porn yeah it's the same thing for yeah. movies you know <laughs> what is that rule for what me? is the rule for porn rule, if, there's, if something 43, exists right? there's porn of it there's some rule i don't know what number it is but somebody can come up with a i think it's 43 but yeah. if you come up with like you know this situation with these characters it's it's on the internet <laughs> it's yeah. already there um okay going on to october 13th uh the movie that i'm really excited about on this one is happy death day hmm. okay okay this is groundhog day with it horror is. movies at target that's a great trailer yes it is that's an awesome trailer. it's it's groundhog day and edge of tomorrow essentially yeah 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 oh. and uh and the, like the, the song here instead of instead of i got you babe is 50 cents in the club <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and that's actually at the end of the trailer like that's playing in like an echo chamber or something yeah like that. yeah it's awesome what I find intriguing about this, I'm I'm kind of surprised. I guess Groundhog Day has such a unique concept that doing it again, people just immediately are like, you just ripped that off or whatever. Now that Edge of Tomorrow shows that you can do it without like totally ripping off Groundhog right. Day. Now we've got, now I think we're going to get a few more of these. And this one looks, uh, looks awesome to me. It really does. This is a girl who keeps waking up and gets murdered. And she has to figure out who it is that's trying to kill her. Oh. And of course, it's got all the same Groundhog Day tropes mm-hmm. where like, you know, she wakes up, she runs into the same people, has the same conversation, so on and so forth. But she has to maybe possibly like every time she wakes up, she has to figure out, you know, is maybe possibly that person the killer? Huh. I don't know how this killer keeps finding her in all these different places, because obviously the in the trailer, she goes to a party and she, that's where she gets murdered. Then of course I'm sure on the second day she's like I'm not going anywhere fucking near that party right. and then she'll she'll you know she dies somewhere else so I don't know how the kill that might be another part of the mystery anyway but that looks awesome it to looks me. like a lot of fun yeah I'm looking I'm I'm looking forward to that it looks a lot of fun uh, every time I look at that trailer I'm like yeah I'm watching that that's that's a that's good stuff um another movie coming out is called The Foreigner mm, uh, Jackie Chan. Oh, <laughs> you just want to know what love is? No, it's an eighties day for No, me. they were called foreigner. I know they this were. is the foreigner. Drop the the, just foreigner. Yeah, exactly. It's cleaner. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Justin Timberlake somehow yeah. gave them advice. Yeah, Sean Sean Parker was the one who came up with foreigner. Um, off the bat, just on the title alone, it makes me think of that interpreter movie with Nicole Kidman. So oh. I'm already not interested. Now tell me why I should. There be. is okay. So apparently, this is a, a movie where Jackie Chan, had, like some of his friends, have died or whatever, and he thinks that I believe it's Pierce Brosnan is a is a politician, and he believes this Pierce Brosnan knows who did it, but won't tell it. So Jackie Chan goes on this big mission to, you know, I guess either, I don't know if he's trying to kill Pierce Brosnan or if he's just needs information from him. I don't know. I saw the trailer and I'm like, okay, I don't know if this is a big Jackie Chan action movie. I don't know if it's him doing something different than he normally does. Cause remember Jackie Chan is like, uh, how old is he now? 53. <laughs> he's 63. That's what I said. <laughs> <laughs> he's 63. So I don't think you're going to be seeing like rush hour rumble in the Bronx, Jackie Chan. Here. Well, I mean, again, I didn't see the trailer for this one. I'd never heard of it, but it kind of sounds like your typical 
revenge, John Wick payback kind of thing mm-hmm. where he might he might do more punching than kung fu. Uh, I'll, I'll read the IMDb description. A humble businessman with a buried past seeks justice when his daughter is killed in an act of terrorism. A cat and mouse conflict ensues with a government official whose past may hold clues to the killer's identity. And a Russian girl tries to break up with her sugar daddy. <laughs> that's right. That's right. That's what that's what every movie should have now. We're just going to throw that in there. <laughs> um, I will say this movie is directed by Martin Campbell, who did GoldenEye. So mm-hmm. you have uh, Pierce Brosnan sort of reuniting with his GoldenEye director there. And Martin Campbell also did the Casino Royale. So he's always been the guy, the go-to guy when it's time to reboot Bond and mm-hmm. everything. So he does have a decent pedigree here. Um, the movie itself looks fairly generic uh i mean it's, it's just your typical sort of action thriller type movie taken for yeah so i mean I'm, I'm not saying hey let's go see it or anything but it is kind of i mean it's it's, it's a big movie coming up um, i hope jackie chan has a late career resurgence i mean not like he needs it or anything but i think he's a better actor that, that he could kind of tap into that without having to punch and kick no i agree time. i think I, I would be lovely to see that mm-hmm. like a whole other side where he's just starts doing dramas and shit mm-hmm. that'd be awesome yeah um another movie that's coming out on that week is uh is marshall which is about the uh about uh, thurgood, thurgood marshall, marshall. Mm-hmm. um and it uh it's chadwick boseman plays mm-hmm. thurgood Ma- marshall so it's a biopic uh and i'm i'm guessing it's it's sort of like uh i mean it's a i don't know if it's a particular part in his life or whatever i think it's just some in general things because he was the first black supreme court judge mm-hmm. so he had to deal with some shit of course yes. and um and so like uh he had to deal with some shit yeah this is the uh, uh this is the return of Reginald Hudlin to a, a big screen. He used to make a lot of big movies. He's like sort of a for hire TV guy now, but he made uh, Serving Sarah. He made The Ladies Man. He made the, oh the uh, the uh, Tim Meadows thing. Yeah, yeah, I love that <laughs> yeah. movie. And, uh, I've, I've watched it several times. And uh, he made a movie that I love called The Great White Hype. Oh, oh yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I love that movie. Yeah. I haven't seen it in forever, but man, that's a funny ass oh, movie. Yeah. Uh, he did Boomerang. He did House Party. Oh, um, nice. Man, so, Boomerang was the shit in college. Yeah. I used to watch and quote that movie all the time. <laughs> all the time. So uh, it's good to see Reginald Hudlin back as a, as a director because, I mean, as a, a feature director, he's he, looking at his IMDb credits. It was like a, he's just TV, 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 all the way up to that Serving Sarah movie, which I think is Elizabeth Hurley or something like that, mm. uh, which was in 2002. He may have. Matthew uh, Perry? He, uh yeah i think it is my yeah. uh and uh and yeah it's like 15 years that i i don't see any like features and maybe i'm missing one but uh i'm glad to see him back so yeah. marshall could be a good movie you never know um then on the 20th there is a ton of movies there's no way this is going to stay ah uh, someone's gonna jump someone's gonna jump because there's six wide releases coming out on wow the 20th uh we'll start with geostorm no fuck fuck this movie so hard with everything what i like all of the objects what i like about it is like it, it's it's sitting there going uh it's from the same people who did independence day in 2012 no shit right. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. it's it's trying it it's almost like it's distancing distancing itself like it oh 
nobody who's who was a part of those movies really did this. No, it's Dean Devlin, yep. wow. who who is a role, who's a partner with Roland Emmerich and everything. So it's him doing. I think this is his feature debut wow. with oh, really? Geostorm. Who's the bad father in this movie? Uh, let's see. <laughs> oh, it, it Jared actually, Butler's yes. probably. The, <laughs> Because they did this rejiggered uh, trailer where now they the first one that we saw, I think it was before Kong mm-hmm. um, was just I, I I literally wanted to throw something at the, the screen. It was so the effects were shitty. The entirety of the build up, like all of it, it just looked horrible. So the premise is, I'm guessing, uh, a storm that engulfs the entire world. It is because they've been regulating the weather because of global warming. They've been trying to regulate the, the weather. So they're sending up all these like. Uh, pills to the atmosphere and it basically keeps everything calm and everything stable and through some sort of government malfeasance or something like that that supply has stopped and that is now triggering a geostorm a geostorm yes Yes. that Uh, means that means we finally get tornadoes hurricanes earthquakes and everything and big tidal waves crushing yeah, over coastal just cities. like day after tomorrow exactly yep. like that movie if you it's, it's almost like day after tomorrow is is a 50 year old film like right. they think you think we haven't seen that <laughs> recently <laughs> yeah it came out in 2004 but we've all seen that recently mm-hmm. uh we saw it in that and 2012 yes. yep. i mean it's just come on already with the fucking storm stop <laughs> yeah. with it well there was even the movie a couple years ago with sarah wayne callis from walking dead yeah 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 storm, into the storm yeah into the storm and planes were like blowing over at the air oh yeah guaranteed in geostorm there's gonna be a moment where they say oh this is gonna overtake <laughs> us in like two months and then they'll be like no it's right on top of us it's right behind you <laughs> there will be bad math in this movie for yes, sure. there will be hugely bad math because day after tomorrow and 2012 the scientists don't know shit in those movies <laughs> fucking suck is it uh, 2012 that has the fishermen that are out there that are trying to gauge the depth of the the big ocean pothole that's yeah, coming out yeah 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 i think so um so yeah that bullshit comes out on the 20th i won't be seeing it then another i mean this is another sort of in the same vein although it's more biopic it's only the brave which is about the firefighters and some there's some big fire that happened in arizona a few years ago oh yeah and uh and that's about their story about trying to put the fire out so that's got josh brolin in it huh Uh, i think jennifer Connolly. is it yeah brolin's getting a fuck ton of work these he days. Is. He is amazing everything good, good for him yeah, uh, yeah jeff bridges is in it too hmm. and taylor kitsch um but taylor uh, kitsch is coming back that's right he's making a comeback yeah. when was the last time we saw him i don't know has he ever he's really been like the next big thing for a while now yeah he, but he I did don't think some, he's gonna do that anymore though he did some, was he in battleship he was yeah and was. uh and the last thing i remember seeing him in was that oliver stone movie and i can't remember the name of it right now it's a w yeah, W. <laughs> uh, it's a uh, it's Taylor Kitsch and it's uh, Blake Lively and it's drugs and I can't savages remember. savages yeah, is what yeah. it's called. Uh, it's the last time I remember seeing him. Although he could have been in a couple other things, I'm sure he's done like a whole bunch of like I like the guy VOD stuff or whatever. You know, or he's just been like a yeah, I do too. And he was great in Friday Night Lights. That's the reason why everybody kept putting him on this pedestal. Yep. And, you know, John Carter was supposed to be a big deal. Mm-hmm. And, and that was a, you know, that was just a very badly calculated movie. Yeah. Um, 
And then Battleship was supposed to be a big deal, and that was also horribly calculated. <laughs> yes, it was. Uh, <laughs> but uh, that's uh, it's a movie about that. It's a, it, I think we're going to see a lot more of these because event uh, was it uh, Deepwater Horizon? Yep, uh, was a decent hit. So we're going to start seeing a lot of these. I think survival. Uh, you know hero type movies coming We're dancing out. around a lot of peter berg in this conversation because he made deep deep water horizon didn't he he did and then he made the friday night lights movie that the show mm. was based on mm-hmm. uh, and, and he made battleship well yeah and he also was a producer on the tv show and everything oh yeah okay i didn't know that. yeah and he did make battleship yeah we are <laughs> dancing around you know what this really it's, it's really not hard to dance around peter berg when it comes to stuff like this no. i mean it seems like he's always involved in those type of things uh, but uh, then, let's see, what else is on the 20th? There's a movie called Same Kind of Different as Me, which I don't remember what that's about. Sounds uh, like a romantic comedy. Oh, <laughs> in fact, I saw the trailer, and I still don't really know what it's about, but I know it's Re- Renee Zellweger, and there's this and this character played by Jaiman Hansu is some sort of outcast in society, and she and... I don't know who is her husband in this. Oh, it's Greg Kinnear, of course. Yes. Because <laughs> um, he's always in these type of movies. Um, they they sort of become friends with this guy that nobody likes in the town. I don't know what it's about. I mean, it says Intention- international art dealer Ron Hall must befriend a dangerous homeless man in order to save his struggling marriage to his wife, a woman whose dreams will lead all three of them on the journey of their lives. Yeah, that's no. Nice. It, it says nothing. Well, you know, I'd, I'd rather have that than than too much, I suppose. <laughs> you got to um, give me a little morsel, though, right? Because what, what, right there, I don't want to see that. That's true. I don't no. care if it's Anna Kendrick playing off Anna Kendrick playing off Anna Kendrick. You give me that description, I'm like. <laughs> the 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 awesome movie that looks like it on the twentieth is the Snowman. Oh, that is fascinating. Is this about yeah. a guy who gets it an really eight does on look fascinating? Hole? No, <laughs> I, I was, that's what that's what I was worried about. I was like, "Do I like this trailer?" And you hate it. No, I, I didn't know what to think about this trailer because it it is just it's weird. It's one of those serial killer movies. Yeah, it reminds you a lot of Insomnia and stuff like that, but it's got a, a real like kitsch. Yeah, but it's man, the shots in this trailer look gorgeous. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's yeah. not an actual snowman though, right? It is an actual snow. Well, this a snowman plays a part into it. Uh, the killer, the serial killer, is nicknamed the Snowman. Okay, good. Or I just wondered if we were going into Jack Frost territory with like a knife. <laughs> I don't think it's an actual <laughs> snowman, but he uses like in the trailer. It's not giving anything away. Uh, in the trailer, like he beheads people and like either puts the head on the top of a snowman or puts a snowman heads on top of the body. Yeah. Oh, depending and, on what mood he's in, I guess. And, so. he's, and he's yeah, exactly. And he's one of those. He's one of those try to catch me type of serial killers. Yeah. keeps ad- giving clues and all that and everything. Michael Fassbender's in it, which mi- immediately mm-hmm. says, I'm in. Yeah. And man, I love Rebecca Ferguson. Oh, she's oh, great. Yeah, man. I she's love great. her so much. And she's in this. So I'm going to watch this. Chloe Seventy is in this. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's a lot of good people and a really interesting premise and everything. I mean, yeah, we've seen serial killer movies ad nauseum, but this looks like an interesting, yeah. well shot movie. The the guy who directed this, Thomas Albertson, did uh, Tinker Tailor uh, Soldier Spot. Oh, wow. Interesting. Well, that's a departure. Yeah, it is. <laughs> yeah, it's it's got a really, really interesting cinematography just from the shots that you, you see in the trailer. Huh. Uh, it, it made me think a lot of Insomnia, even though Insomnia is not like frozen all the time. Right. But it's kind of like that hellish frozen scape. Tundra. Right. I don't know. And, right. uh, and guys, you demanded it and you're getting it. Tyler Perry's Boo 2. Ooh, oh, Boo yeah. 2. That'll That's make right. bank. 
Yeah, it will. I got nothing but respect for Tyler Perry. It will. I don't enjoy most of his movies, but um, he's a pretty brilliant businessman. Yes, he I is. watched Boo and Medea Halloween uh, once, maybe once and a half, and cannot tell you anything that happened. Oh, no, really? <laughs> just completely went out of my brain. Yeah. Well, um, I think that's what those movies do. That's why they keep making more of them. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, that's coming out. And then a movie that, another movie that didn't have a trailer, War with Grandpa, which I believe has Robert De Niro in it. Is it another comedy? Yeah, and I'm wondering mm. if is this a Bad Grandpa sequel? The movie didn't do it. Bad Grandpa didn't do anything. I don't think. What's this called? War with Grandpa. No, that's probably not related. <laughs> it sounds it's like, like Dawn, so Dawn did, of Grandpa. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Rise of Grandpa. Exactly. <laughs> I wonder if it's like a coming of age comedy with a young kid and his cranky grandpa or something. It may be. I don't, I don't know. know. It says family comedy, but I I have sincere doubts this is coming out on October 20th because no trailer mm-hmm. um you know and it's a couple of months away and there's that stacked week i mean we just went through six movies yeah. on october yeah. 20th there uh on to october 27th where we have jigsaw the uh the latest of the saw franchise Fuck. man you know obviously there's an audience for this mm-hmm. and this does look like it's a reboot and it looks like it's got some interesting visuals in it and if you're into seeing people die in very creative ways, it's probably going to deliver to you. Yeah, but that's just not me. Yeah, I'm. Yeah, I don't. I don't. I feel like the story has been told, and like to. I mean, I, I guess this is supposed to be a copycat killer in this one, although they sort of alluded to that in the other songs yeah, right. too. So it wasn't like it's not like a big novel thing for him to be copied this time or whatever. Um, I I don't know it. Yeah, there's an audience for it, and it's going to do well, and I won't be seeing it until it's on video, probably. Did the other ones do, like, really well? They made, like, seven of them, didn't they? Yeah, Yeah, they made seven, uh, and, um, yeah, all of them, like, that first one, I don't think, like, if you looked at the total it made, it probably, I don't think it's a lot, but it was made for, like, nothing. Right, right, right. So um, I want to see that opening weekend. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I've seen, I've seen them all. Um, saw the first song made fifty six million. Hmm. Uh, the budget for for that was one point two million. Wow, <laughs> half of which went to Carrie Elwes. Yes, uh, yeah. <laughs> Obviously, Saw Two made more because then the sort of the the phenomenon is real at that point. So it made eighty seven million. Saw Three made eighty. Then it starts dropping off. Saw 4 made 63. Saw 5 made 56. Saw 6 made 27. And then they came out with the Saw 3D, which made 45, which is probably still about 27 because the mm. 3D uh, uptick in price. But uh, but yeah, I mean, if you can make a movie for $1.2 million and come out with that <laughs> return, then you've, you've won the lottery. Yep. Um, uh, so, I mean, this one will be the same, same sort of deal. Um, another movie coming out. On the 27th is the Matt Damon Suburbicon. Yeah. Hmm. Uh, I don't know what to think of this. I don't either. Uh, I like the idea. I like the people in it. Mm-hmm. And I, the trailer is kind of giving you a what tone is this movie actually taking kind of vibe. But then Clooney just came out a couple days ago and said, it is not a comedy. And I'm like, well, it sure kind of felt like it had some comedy in it. Especially so, at the beginning. Yeah. yeah. So I don't really know what, what I don't know what to make of it. Clooney as a director has been hit, hit or miss for me, um, but you know I got enough goodwill for Matt Damon and Clooney. I'll probably check it out. So essentially, this this guy sort of takes the law in his own hands, right? He kills a gangster, or mobster, or something like that, and mm-hmm. then so all of these people related to that guy start 
trying to kill him at his own house or whatever, or they bring this to the neighborhood. And that's why you get a lot of this comedy thing where the neighbors are like, this isn't the type of neighborhood that I grew up in right. or whatever, that type of thing. But, uh, but yeah, uh, Clooney's directing it and Damon's in it. And Oscar Isaac, and Julianne Moore's in it. Yep. The Coen brothers wrote it. That's, yeah, that's a good, that's, that's maybe the best thing about it. Is yeah. That the Coen brothers wrote it. Um, it is a all over the place trailer though. It is, Definitely. but you know, well, Better movies have had worse trailers. Yeah. <laughs> it's, got, it's got the pedigree. I'll check it out. Um, then another movie coming out on that week is Thank You for Your Service. This is a, I think ever since American Sniper came out, we've, now we have this genre of movies where it's, you know, it's, I don't know. It's Billy it's, Lynn's long halftime walk. Yeah. It's sort of this, um, how soldiers deal with the the modern day war stuff going on and everything. This one has Miles Teller in it. It looks it looks more interesting to me than something like American Sniper or, yeah. or that that or the Billy Lynn's halftime walk. I don't know. There's something about uh, the way it seems like Teller is is portraying this guy as still being like this rock, but he's still dealing with his own personal issues. Mm-hmm. And at least with the the limited amount in the trailer, it doesn't look overly saccharine. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, it, it looks interesting to me. Yeah. I um, love me some Teller, man. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Miles good. Teller. And then you have uh, Haley Bennett, who's uh, become a, 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 a had two big movies. Well, I guess they weren't too big, but. The Magnificent Seven mm-hmm. and um, and uh, the girl on the train. Oh, this is the Jennifer Lawrence lookalike. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, uh, Amy Schumer's in this movie. That's weird. <laughs> That's what? weird. Uh, but uh, we have Keisha Castle Hughes in it too. But um, yeah, I mean, it, it's it's sort of a it's sort of I think playing off of that American Sniper type of thing. There's obviously a market for the you know the soldiers coming back from Iraq and Afghanistan and all this other stuff. We you know we we got a lot of that in the seventies with the coming mm-hmm. home from Vietnam and all that. I don't I don't know if we you know I don't know if this sort of a response to that because it wasn't very many of these movies coming out about the about Iraq and Afghanistan, the modern day Iraq. And no, Afghanistan. that's interesting because it would be really interesting if we could get that type of seventies mentality in this. Mm-hmm. I guess maybe because it's so recent, but it was recent back then. Um, everybody's kind of treating this very very carefully understandably so but you know the ones in the 70s no they really feelings about it yeah um then we go into november which is sort of sort of like the summer season all over again uh thor ragnarok comes out on Mm. november 3rd and i'm really really excited about watching this i can't i can agree with you i haven't cared at all about the first two thor movies but the trailer for this one has me sold and I, i don't know if it's the inclusion of hulk or if it's you know, the, they're changing it up. His hair's cut. He loses his hammer. Yeah. Um, you know, I, but the trailer looks really fun. I'm they in. got some sort of 80s sensibility in it this trailer, does. too. Yeah. I don't know if the movie's going to play yeah, that way. Yeah, all the way. graphics look like that. Yeah, yeah, I don't know if the movie's going to play that way, but it, it, it's got that Flash Gordon kind of, uh, you know, thing going on yeah. with the trailer. And it's it, I really love how they presented this. And it looks just a great deal of fun. Yeah. And that's uh, that's what we all come to expect from a movie like this. And I, and you know, I maybe these movies are better off just not having all the Avengers coming together. All the you know, like mm-hmm. you know, it's better to have these single stories because they don't have to concentrate on getting everybody a, a FaceTime yeah. and everything. Yeah, I mean, look at look at how well Wonder Woman did because it was just focused on her and like mm-hmm. a little bit of Batman. He he doesn't even show up, but like at the beginning and the end. And Guardians of the Galaxy was just Guardians of the Galaxy. You know, all the all the ones that really uh, hit this summer so far were 
you know, focused. Yeah, it's not going to be that for Marvel here in, in a quick minute. <laughs> Definitely not. <laughs> um, the the counter programming to Thor Ragnarok is a bad mom's Christmas. Boy, how did the first one do? do it did. It, it was did a, a huge, ton of money, and it it's huge. completely average. Have yeah, oh, the movies. No, the movie's terrible. I, I, just, I watched it. I watched this movie, and I, I was, I don't know. I guess I was expecting more from it than I should have, but it just didn't seem like something that should have yeah, made the money it's that not it funny. made. Uh, I shouldn't say it's terrible because it's watchable, but it's just not funny. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's the and thing. There's funny people in there. I'm also yeah. uh, really kind of tired of the bad something genre. Bad <laughs> Santa kind of did it first and best, but we've also had bad teacher. They're spinning off bad moms to bad dads. Oh, We've yeah. had a bad grandpa movie. <laughs> I'm just tired of it. Yeah. It's cheap and lazy. Yes, it it is. really is. Um, but yeah, I mean, this is the the you know, the the hell that moms go through during the holiday season. That's yep. the that's the joke. Yep. Yeah. And them <sighs> sloughing off their duties for a while. And it'll probably do well. That's really excellent counter programming. Yep. Uh, because that means that guys will go to see Thor Ragnarok for the most part and then they can drop their wives off the bad mom's Christmas. There you go. It's <laughs> essentially go. what it goes to. On the 10th, Daddy's Home 2? Yeah, another sequel that I was like, really? Although that trailer's kind of funny. Oh, is it? At least uh, the part where the dads show up at the airport. That, yeah. That part kind of made me I think Lithgow's pretty funny. I don't know. Are we ready for Mel Gibson still? I, well, okay. I, I think I mentioned this a, a couple episodes again uh, ago. He's back to like his suave Mel Gibson. Now, we haven't seen suave Mel Gibson since his return. Mm-hmm. And he's back to like what women want and uh, that d- ransom type without the beard, I guess. I guess. It's so <laughs> It's so odd to me, though, that Mel Gibson still has that stain on him mm-hmm. to see him in a movie doesn't really inspire a lot of confidence in me. Uh, I was fine to watch Hacksaw Ridge. He's behind the camera there. Yep. And you can respect his talent and everything as far as a director and everything. And I, I thought he was a fun performer in the 80s and, and, and the 90s. I don't know, man. Seeing him uh, in this movie seemed, I don't know, just it. I'm, I'm, not, that, like- I'm not that triggered of a person. Yeah, yeah. But it, it, it's one of those things where I was like, ah. Oh, it doesn't uh, help that he's playing an asshole, like a, yeah. a very conventional, like, oh, we don't show affection in our family. Right. This is this is bullshit. Yeah. And it's just going to be those tired jokes. It's basically meet the Fockers. All right, over right. Oh, good call. <laughs> it yeah. really is. It kind of is. Oh, well, it'll make money. Anyway, People. Will Ferrell, Mark Wahlberg coming back to do Daddy's Home. And did you see get... the first one? I did. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. Perhaps this is the big one that's coming out on November 10th. Murder on the Orient Express. Mm. What to make of this? Exactly. What to make of this? Okay, first off, it looks gorgeous. It does. Yeah. Um, well, and it's. I think Brenna clearly has a really good eye. Yeah. Um, yeah. Most of his movies look gorgeous. Yeah. It looks great. The story is great. I've read this book. Mm-hmm. I've seen the Sidney Lumet movie from so the 70s. Is really good. This has a lot of people that you want to go watching movies and everything, but man, this feels like uh, any kind of Shakespeare that's been done a million times. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm a little worried about tone. Yeah, it feels a little too fun. Think it's a little goofy. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I think you make a better movie, like I know, uh, if you focus more on the sinister stuff. I mean, I know that Agatha Christie sometimes had characters that were colorful or humorous or what have you but uh you know i'm not let i'm not looking forward to like a comedy mm-hmm. i hope it's not a full-on comedy mm-hmm. i'm a little concerned we well, got josh gad in here and i'm just like 
yeah. how did this come to be? He, he's not known for his dramatic work. Yeah, you see him like smoking a cigarette, yeah. being all serious, and everything. It's like, <laughs> hmm. Uh, Johnny Depp's in this. Michelle Pfeiffer, Daisy Ridley, mm-hmm. uh, Derek Jacoby. Yes, like, Jacoby. Uh, of he course, must have a good relationship with Kenneth Branagh. Yeah, yeah. I would imagine so. They're probably like friends and stuff. Yeah. Uh, They're roommates. <laughs> They're roommates. Yes. Um, and then he got. I don't know. I don't remember how Poirot was described in the books, but you've got that comical, gigantic mustache mm-hmm. on. That's pretty Brana. typical for Poirot, I think. Is it really? Because the, the guy that played him in the PBS uh, stories had this like thin mustache. Mm. Oh. Yeah. Wasn't it? It was Albert Finney who did it in the Sidney Lumet mm. version, right? Uh, I don't remember if he had the comical mustache or not. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, no, I, I agree with you because I'm all in on the story. It's an interesting story. It's a tight mystery. Yeah, this is this is one of Agatha Christie's best all-time stories. And it's got, I mean, again, it has one of those great, like, uh, you know, it's a whodunit with a twist that you didn't really, you don't really ever see coming. Obviously, if you've seen it. Yeah. Now, I don't know if there's any change that they're going to make as far as that's concerned. In this one, they're going to eat babies like in Snow <laughs> They're going to eat babies? They're going <laughs> to. There's a train. Are they going to have, is somebody going to have a <laughs> Russian sugar daddy? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. You got to bring it into the 21st century. You man. do. Yeah, you really Everybody's got to modernize that shit. Um, also coming out on November 10th, uh, there is some really shitty looking animated movies coming out. Mm-hmm. Oh. I agree. Um, uh, yeah, and this one has a lot of star. T- I guess most animated movies are going to have star, pretty good star performers uh, most of the time. This movie is the star. It's about the three wise men going to see baby jesus but it's the from the animals perspective yeah oh well that you know that, that's just actually taking that straight from the bible there's a whole <laughs> chapter from the animals oh yeah that's right <laughs> that's right and this is a low one day sony animation shall can you imagine the pitch meeting for this it's like rosencrantz and gildenstern are dead only with Jesus' birth and animals. <laughs> nice. That's probably exactly how it is. I guess Kristen Chenoweth was like doing this between uh, takes of uh, the last animated movie we were just talking about. The Jesus, set up the, and My Little Pony. <laughs> do My Little Pony, and then she went over and did The Star, and then My Little Pony, and uh, Anthony Anderson's in this, Gabriel Glacius, Keegan-Michael Key. Keegan-Michael Key. Chris Christopherson, Tracy Morgan, Tyler Perry. Uh, ultimately, though, when you watch this trailer it looks awful yeah that's the ultimate thing that i take from it mm. it doesn't really matter what it's about or who's in it it just looks bad is that the same animation studio that always cranks out shit no this is sony i mean sony doesn't well well, i mean yes (laughs) i guess i mean yes but i don't think they crank it out like it's not like you see sony animation i just can't think of the name of it but the one that does despicable me and all those movies oh that's illumination Illumination, that's universal i hate them Yeah, yeah i do too uh, on the seventeenth, the big one is Justice League, and uh, oh boy. I was excited about this when they had the San Diego Comic Con like funny trailer with uh, you know with Ben Affleck sort of interviewing all the people and everything. Mm-hmm. Now it looks like every other fucking comic book put every hero in the movie uh, mess. It still has that same Snyder visual grayscale with orange fire but like yep. it's almost like now again now snyder's not actually finishing this movie mm-hmm. um joss whedon is but clearly this was mostly snyder's vision and it's like he's ignoring me because <laughs> all the things that i wanted him to change between 
Batman v Superman and Justice League, he's doubled down on. It really has, yeah. And, you know, if there's hope for this movie, and I'll I'll, I'll go on record now and say I don't think there is. I think it's going to be Batman v Superman all over again. Mm -hmm. I think there will be even more fanboys vehemently defending it because we have even more heroes they grew up reading in the comics in this movie. So they're going to see Aquaman do something awesome, and it's going to make them think the whole movie was awesome. Mm -hmm. Um but if there's hope, it's that they have been doing some reshoots and Joss Whedon has been overseeing those and the tone, it's all about tone. They're trying to lighten the cyborg character and they're trying to lighten the overall tone of the movie. And I, I like Joss. He almost never lets me down. I wonder if he can salvage this. Uh, if anybody can, it's him. Doesn't it seem like it's going to be a Zack Snyder movie with like a few Whedon moments in there where they're going to be yes. like... You know, there will jocular be, and yes, and there will bantering. be some quippy dialogue well, that is very Whedon esque. The very the very end of the trailer from uh, the recent Comic Con is where uh, J.K. Simmons is sitting there talking, and then all of them are gone except Flash, mm -hmm. and he's like, "Oh, they just all like like left. That's kind of rude." And he just he he, he zips <laughs> off yeah, or whatever, yeah. and that seems very Whedon esque to yeah. me. Yeah, and and you know this is what I think is going to happen because they've already announced Flashpoint. Is going to be an upcoming DC movie. We send that mm. animated version. That's a very classic comic series from DC that changes up the whole universe, right? Everybody has a different look, motivation, mm. costume, what have you. And Casey Affleck just said yesterday he's pretty sure Ben's out after Justice League, not right. going to play Batman. They're going to do Justice League. They're going to give us Flashpoint and change out the actors wherever they need to. And at that point, they can make a tonal shift. And again, we got Whedon making Batgirl. Maybe he's the new Nolan of the DC universe and he can kind of keep his finger in everything. Because if we can get DC films with their heroes that have the tone of the Avengers movie Joss Whedon made, yep. I think we're in for a home run. I, I'm, I've point. said this before. I still think it's weird seeing Batman in this world. I know oh, that yeah. I know that. I know that comic book readers and people who watch Super Friends like I did yeah. or whatever were used to Batman fighting with all these superheroes, but he's the only one that doesn't have those mega powers, those godlike powers. He's the only non-metahuman. Yeah. yeah. And and so uh, now after seeing uh what is it? Six Batmans and then uh and then like uh, the Batman v Superman and everything. Just watching him alongside all these gods yeah, yeah. is so strange to me it's it, there's something tonally off about it i agree um so uh, yeah i know that's i know that for some people this is like hell yeah man i've been waiting for this but for me it's like it just doesn't seem right but i'll give it a shot i give every one of these movies a shot oh know? we should totally it watch looks... this and do a dour mini pod yeah we should <laughs> Maybe, maybe, maybe we'll be happy. It maybe. would be awesome. <laughs> I would love to be surprised by one of these movies. Yeah, I mean, we went I into, too. I went into Batman versus Superman with the lowest expectations. Mm -hmm. Remember, we actually, you guys were sending me in to, to see it and you guys didn't even want to see it. Mm -mm. And I, even at the, the bargain basement expectations, they were not even close to being that. Yeah. No, no. Oh my God. So I don't know. Uh, I would love to be surprised. It, it does seem like it's going to be a train wreck. There, uh, there's another movie coming out. I, I find this strange counter-programming. Uh, there's a movie called Wonder coming out uh, alongside Justice League, which is weird to me because that's Wonder Woman. There's Wonder Woman in yeah. Justice League. Uh, this is cast title. Yeah, and it's completely you know it, this now Wonder is kind of like uh, this this Life of Poe movie or whatever I was talking about in September. 
Uh, this one is about a kid who has like a, I guess a, a deformed face. He was born. Oh, I read about this. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, and, uh, it's Jacob Tremblay from room. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, uh, and he, and again, he has to like, he's going to school right. and he has to deal with bullies and find friends and all that. I mean, it's the same sort of deal. Uh, Julia Roberts is in this and, oh, yeah. uh, Owen Wilson is in this. Uh, but it's your typical type of, you know, kid overcomes his... Did you, you see know. the video of the guy a couple of weeks ago who took the lightsaber fights from Phantom Menace and replaced all the lightsaber sound effects with Owen Wilson going, wow. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I did. Wow. I need to see this. Oh, oh man. I, watched, I think I watched it twice. I need to see this. <laughs> because it's all different wows. There's so many different wows. Well, oh, yeah. it, wow. Originally, wow. there was a supercut of all the times Owen Wilson said wow in a movie, and I'm pretty sure this guy was inspired by that. Yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> um, on the 22nd, which is the Thanksgiving week, uh, last year, I I was I was surprised that Disney came out with Moana on thank for Thanksgiving and everything, and I, I made a mention that usually you're not kind you're not proud of your movie when you open on Thanksgiving week because if your movie was good, it would come out the week before or right. you know whatever because you would want to get that first week and you'd want to get the holiday week as your as your you know two big weeks all in one. Now in this case. Uh, in Moana's case, and I, I was Moana. What did it have to go up against? I don't remember the. I don't remember Fantastic don't Beasts. Maybe Fantastic Beasts. Maybe that's what it was. It was right around the same same they time. They were both uh, November, I think. Yeah, they were both November, but I think Fantastic Beasts did come out that week mm. before. Um, so maybe it was just more more along the lines of, well, we can't have that week like Justice League's coming out. We don't want to come out against that and everything. So they have a movie called Coco coming out. Yeah. Uh, it's a Pixar animation. And once again, we're dealing with, you know, it's not white people. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no! I know, right? Um, uh, it's interesting, though, because this I think this is this kid. I hope I don't get the race wrong. <laughs> He's Hispanic. He's Hispanic. Yeah. I believe it's Mexican. though. I believe so, too. Yeah. Yeah. It's got a Day of the Dead kind of. Mm-hmm. yeah vibe. yeah 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 um and uh and it's this magic guitar that basically takes him to another world where there's like all of his dead friends and mm-hmm. or whatever like and his family and, and, all, family that. and yeah, all that how much kubo and the two strings vibe do you get out a of lot. that though yeah. a whole lot and i wonder if that's gonna hurt them i, I don't know this, kubo didn't do tremendous I think business kubo is on the way to cult status i, I agree i think there are three times as many people who have seen it and loved it now than when it came out mm-hmm. uh, that's the vibe i get i'm curious that they would do such a similarly themed looks very similarly themed that's all I'm it's probably going to be very very good but i have very little interest in seeing this movie but it's interesting that this feels like what they were doing with moana where they had the polynesian culture and mm-hmm. everything and it's like so now they're sort of like got this sort of i don't know theme or brand mm. kind of going on at this point but i don't understand why moana was their regular animation their yep. disney animation regular studio and why this one was pixar yeah what why why are they do, distinguishing between the two Who knows what goes on in john lassiter's mind he's mm. the guy making all those decisions now though. yeah so i just thought that was strange i went out when when it I didn't even know it was Pixar until it said from the studio that brought you all these Pixar movies. Yeah. And I was like, 
I was like, this doesn't look any any different animation wise mm-hmm. than Moana did. Mm-hmm. So it's it's strange to me. But Coco the monkey. Anyway, <laughs> well, speaking of, you were just uh, talking about trailers that are bad or whatever. Like th- Pixar typically has bad trailers, and I remember Finding Nemo had one that wasn't particularly great. Mm. Uh, it was a teaser trailer for you know, and it was just. Uh, it was just Ellen DeGeneres and then Albert Brooks's fish characters before the big oh, light yeah, yeah, yeah. fish came in or whatever, um, and and I was like, I was like, what what the fuck is this? Yeah. And then it turns out to be a great movie. Uh, that's probably not. I mean, that's not the only uh, example I could come up with, probably. But that reminds me that Pixar trailers typically aren't very good. Mm um lately now you don't know what that means because it could be a bad movie it could mean yeah you know. <laughs> i was reading yesterday this is neither here nor there but i forgot this that the first trailer for the lion king the hand-drawn one was literally the opening scene the entire mm-hmm. song circle of life and it ends with that yeah lion king and i'm <sighs> reading about that i'm getting them right now yeah. talking about yeah. reading about it. i got goosebumps uh, and i wish more movies had the balls to do that or had a good enough opening scene to do that. Yeah. Because I guess not every movie's opening scene is trailer worthy, but um, yeah, I'd like to see nah, us get back to nah, yeah. yeah, I mean, that gives you everything you need to know without giving you any of the story. Mm-hmm. And you can just go, yep, I'm in. Coming out on the 22nd also is Molly's Game, which is Aaron Sorkin's directorial debut. How, how, like... Pardon the pun. How all in to this movie are you? I'm very excited for I have, this movie. I, you could you get Sorkin, you got Poker, you got Jessica Chastain. Yeah, like you've got everything about this movie. I want to be. I want to watch Idris it right now. Elba's Idris in Elba's in it. Elba, yeah. I mean, given you guys' love of poker and Sorkin's dialogue writing ability, you know, first time directors always hit or miss, right? Ben mm-hmm. Affleck's going to make a movie. All oh, right, it's awesome. Yeah. Uh, maybe the same here. He's certainly been around enough great directors he surely picked up some tips from fincher yeah <laughs> um yeah. so i think he has a better chance than most first-time directors to knock it out of the park i'm all in too right. i don't even give a shit about poker i yeah. just uh, i his dialogue just crackles and I'll i think this is more days. than poker probably i think yeah, there's, yeah. there's a lot of gambling in this uh she's basically much like the uh, summer movie the house that came out uh, <laughs> uh that apparently is terrible um much to my chagrin uh this uh this one uh looks like it has sort of the same kind of thing she's running underground casinos and and getting in trouble with the law and all that she jessica chastain looks like a badass in yeah. this movie I can't wait to see is it just, a, been, just based am on I that. crazy for thinking there's a chance this is like slightly based on some real person uh, I, I think no, I think it is. Yeah, yeah. I think it is because even more so though because uh, the they're they're talking about how she would hold poker games and like all these like Hollywood stars were coming in to play these games hmm. and everything and that's a thing that's something that I yeah. hear all the time is yeah, Hollywood it's a, stars. It's, a, it's an Olympic class uh, skier who ran the world's most exclusive high stakes poker. Wow, yeah, that's a left turn. And, and uh, Michael Sarah's in it too. Yeah. Michael oh, wow. Sarah, who hasn't been in anything in a while, he's got two coming out. He's this, got two coming. Yeah. You know, if a fan wrote in and said, "Name some actors you'd love to hear Sorkin's dialogue coming out of their mouth," Michael Sarah would be on my list. <laughs> yeah. That actually excites me even more now. Yeah, yeah. and right. he plays he plays like a Hollywood star in this, right? Yeah, I think yeah. so. And he's got this big, huge like afro on his head too. It's like a like he let his hair just super grow out. And oh, he's playing John Turturro then. He kind of is. Yeah. He's kind of. <laughs> um, okay, so then December first. I don't know where this started, but I as long as I can remember in my movie theater career, the first week of December is always some horror movie. 
Mm. And it's always a yeah. shitty horror movie. <laughs> yeah. Like every once in a while, one will come out. Oh, that's kind of interesting. But uh, most of the time, they're terrible. <sighs> I saw this trailer for Polaroid. That's the name of this movie. Oh, oh boy. Fucking I, Polaroid. You have Might to- as well just put <laughs> fucking in front of it. Did they have to pay a Kodak for that? I guess. You can't call a movie a brand name. I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty <laughs> sure that's they probably gave them some money for that. Yeah. yeah okay. Uh, it looks so terrible. Wow. I didn't even see. What's this the one. premise? Somebody takes a picture of you, and when it shoots it out of the camera, like there's a camera Final Destination. You? Oh. It's almost like Final Destination. Only, yeah, you're you're not entirely wrong. <laughs> they take pictures, and there's like some shadow that co- appears over one of their friends. It's Trevor. It's Trevor. <laughs> uh, a shadow appears over one of their friends and like they die. And, and then so like, I guess the second person dies and then she starts looking at the photograph and like notices the, sh- the shadow no. uh, shows up on the, the ring did this too. Right. Where if you took a picture and they had seen the, the, the movie. Oh yeah. That there their was, it was faces all blurred were all, out. Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. All weird looking. Oh, um, but yeah, this is like it feels like Final Destination. I don't know what the Polaroid has to do with it in gen- like to possessed camera or something. I mean, if if I guess, <laughs> I mean, what's killing them? What's the reason for their dying? Is I it guess because, you'll have to watch oh, it to find out. You took a picture. Fuck you, man. I don't know. <laughs> Especially the outdated Polaroid kind. You have to you have to wait for 30 seconds for those things to come on, man. You may not have had to pay because, as I understand, the Polaroid cameras went away for a long time. Mm-hmm. They didn't make them anymore. And then Kodak bought that brand and has brought back a bunch of different varieties of Polaroid-style cameras. They have minis. And they have regular size, and I think it's kind of a thing with uh, the kids. The hipsters whatnot. love it, and uh, so they may they may not have paid Kodak anything because Kodak's like, "We'll take all the sales we'll get after this movie comes <laughs> yeah. out." Um, it's a uh, now I I have been skipping some some uh, limited release movies here, and I'm sure I'm skipping over some like really good ones, and I'm sorry about that. We don't know a lot about what's supposed to be Oscar. Mm worthy i don't think this is supposed to be oscar worthy although maybe james franco but the disaster artist comes oh. out <laughs> limited in december 1st uh and that's probably la and new york and we'll you know here in nashville we'll probably get it like you know february 20th yeah. or something well like it's that. one of my most anticipated absolutely that trailer again there's a trailer that basically just gives you one scene yep mm-hmm. tells you everything you need to know about the movie and its tone and doesn't really spoil any of the rest of it and you know i've seen the room I've read plenty of interviews with Tommy Wazoo, however you say his mm-hmm. name. He's a fascinatingly weird guy. Um, he likes his water microwaved. He likes to, really when he goes. Yeah, I read an interview where the guy was talking about how every day he does this. He even in a restaurant he asks the waiter to put a glass of water in the microwave and heat it up. Oh, that's. Interesting. I just think it's something he made up. When the room came out, this is going to be my thing. Yeah, we're going to have microwaved water. Anyway, yeah, I'm, I, I have I fully turned the corner on James Franco. I'm curious, interested. Movie looks hilarious. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, let's go. Let's go right now. Um, on the on December eighth, the movies that show up on Box Office Mojo are not considered wide, but they are our two big directors who have movies coming out on the eighth, according to Box Office Mojo right now. Uh, one is called All the Money in the World, which is a Ridley Scott movie, which I did not see any trailer for, so I have no idea. Hmm. But Ridley Scott with Mark Wahlberg, Kevin Spacey, Michelle Williams, and Timothy Hutton. Hmm. Um, that movie is apparently coming out on the 8th. Timothy Hutton? <laughs> yeah. It's just a weird a inclusion. Um, but uh, but uh, 
I mean, it's like it, Derek it, Jacoby. <laughs> yeah, doesn't seem doesn't seem to have a wide release, and it may not be on the eighth uh, by the time it get, rolls around. But there's nothing right now is considered as wide. But then there's another one called The Shape of Water, oh, which is yeah. Guillermo del Toro uh, supposed to come. Trailer's out. great, creepy looking, cool visuals. Doubt I'll see it. I'm tired of his shit. I'm it, it, okay. It's visually interesting, but I'm just tired of it. I mean, yeah, I just. I, from everything from Pan's Labyrinth to Pacific Rim, like I, I see plenty of talent in him. I just don't. I don't ever feel like. Well, he's very Zack Snyderish to me. He can make a great visual, but mm. I don't know that the characters always get the attention they deserve. Yeah, so. it's the same. Same here. It's one of those where I, I enjoy watching Guillermo del Toro movies, but just almost every time there's something just lacking mm-hmm. out of it. And I understand he's a big film nerd guy. He gets along with all the nerds and everything. Uh, I'd probably get along with him if I were just sat there and talk, talk with him and everything. But, man, some of the, sometimes his movies just don't exactly hit home. Yeah, you can make an argument that both Hellboys are his, his best work. Yeah, and then... You could make an argument. Yeah. I would probably say I, I enjoyed Pacific Rim more than anything else I've seen that he directed. Oh, really? Yeah, and, and, and I might still, even though I was kind of down on it, Pan's Labyrinth. Might no, still. Pan's Labyrinth is good. I, I, I guess I'd like... Hellboy more than you guys, but I, think, oh, I uh, like Hellboy. Golden okay. Army, I thought was really good. Yeah, too. Um, they're making another Hellboy, by the way, because mm-hmm. we just uh, we don't have any more ideas. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Ron Perlman's still available. Did you see yesterday? Goddamn, they're going to remake License to Drive. No, what? <laughs> the Richard Dude. Grieco thing. The, no, License to Drive. The Corey. Corey's. Oh, Corey. Yeah. I was yeah. like, who's our Corey's these days? I, there are none. But there's, there's no two Corey's. twins from that Disney show. Those fucking blonde kids. Zach oh. and Cody's oh, Ocean okay. Cruise or whatever. That's <laughs> <laughs> no, there's a whole season of that show where they're on a cruise. Are there really? Yeah, my wife doesn't watch it, but she knows enough about it because she, she used to babysit for a lot of different people. And so she's very familiar with kids programming. But yeah, no, that show went for a long time. The Sweet Life with Zach and Cody. Oh, yeah, yeah. And uh, they ended up on a boat. They ended up, uh, I think they're working on it. Like they're stewards or something. <laughs> I don't fucking know. Yeah. <laughs> These pipes but are those, clean. But that's the closest we have to any Corys, right? <laughs> I guess so. I guess so. I guess, I guess that's right. Zach and Cody are the mm. Corey Feldman and Corey It Hain. could be Logan and Jake Paul. Could be. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. Um, on December 15th, the big one, Star Wars. The, the Last one. Jedi comes out. And uh, I'm excited for this. I, I am too. I don't, um, I hope, I mean, I'm sure there'll be another trailer that comes out in the next week or two. Or well, whatever. again, I always, it's always like I'm just pulling shit from the internet to interject. But did you see that Mark Hamill and Ryan Johnson both publicly have urged on social media that Star Wars fans not watch any more marketing for this movie? And oh, yeah, Dicer's funny. loving it because yeah, there's yeah. no trailer watching thing. But my, my question is, when the director and main star of your film don't want you to show any more to the audience, why are you still going to do it? Yeah. Especially if they're publicly telling people not to. Anyway. Well, because they released that that most recent trailer so long ago that we've been watching it over and over well, and, and over. They're going to release more, and according to these two, it's got stuff in it you don't, I don't want to understand. Yeah. I don't understand this either because uh, I understand from a, a stand, like if you're Fox or Disney in this case, if you're, I understand that you you always want to have that awareness of a movie. You know, like you, it's that whole thing in election where uh, Reese Witherspoon's talking about like uh, Coke spends far more yeah. advertising than Pepsi, and they're still number one and all that. And it's like I feel like Coke could get away with never making an ad again, and they'd be fine. But 
they, there's something about it that you know maybe they haven't reached everybody and they they get they fear that and they want to come out with trailers so that it reaches every corner of the universe so that they can make this as big as possible i feel like star wars you don't have to advertise it no you get mm -hmm. one trailer saying it's coming out the trailer that we saw is fine. It doesn't. It's a give great us, trailer. Doesn't give us. Trailer. Well, yeah. what I'm saying about it being fine is it doesn't give us anything exactly. that yeah, yeah. we need to. It gives everything we need to know to want to go watch that movie. Mm -hmm. And um, so yeah, we're gonna come. We're gonna have another trailer that comes out that's gonna have you know some real plot points thrown out there and all that. And it's like, don't do that. Yeah. Just give me a new trailer that doesn't tell me anything. Yeah, I really am hoping that this is the home run we all think it could be because uh, ryan johnson is a guy whose his work has been so great up until now mm -hmm. and it may just be the actual actual perfect time in his career for him to be given this property much like the other two trilogies the middle star wars movie is always allowed to be darker um and uh you know I'm excited to see Cranky Luke. He seems just—he yeah. seems really cranky. He seems he? pretty cranky, and uh, yeah, I'm I'm in. I'm geeked. I'm ready to go. It's mm. it's gonna be. Awesome. Let, let me ask you guys this question: The Last Jedi. Does that seem like sort of an ironic title to you? Where, or does that sound like what what Luke Skywalker wants in the well, trailer? That's the thing. He says in the trailer, "It's time for the Jedi to end." Mm-hmm. And I think what's the last Jedi means is that he and Rey are not going to be Jedi's. He's training her, and I think he's going to create a third new order that is oh. that is gray, that is that does some dark shit when it needs to, and tries its best to do the good shit. Because they keep talking about the balance, right? The, the whole six movies, seven movies have been talking about the balance. Mm -hmm. I don't know why I think that. I might have read something somewhere suggesting that. Uh, but it's stuck cool. in my head now as that's what it means. No, I don't think Luke's going to die. I don't think the Jedi are going to die out. I think he's going to end them and create something new. Yeah, obviously, oh. when, when I see a title like that, I'm like, okay, that doesn't, I mean, that seems like you would be saying the end of Star Wars as we know it by saying, now it could be just, just that. It's like Star Wars as we know it doesn't have what we call Jedi anymore or whatever, mm. but... That is a very bold title yeah. to yeah. put in there and just say, we're not going to have Jedi anymore. It's an interesting, I think it's just an interesting title. So, uh, you know, obviously we'll find out what all that means. Yeah, December it's interesting 15th. because the Jedi played a very limited role in the last movie. Mm -hmm. You know, it was all about rediscovering this universe and where people are now. And it just kind of happened to, besides... Um, kylo ren there really wasn't any and daisy ridley at the end like it, it just didn't factor into it like it had uh the entirety of the the mm -hmm. movies before then yeah i i love seeing jedi stuff man yeah i love it i love wow. seeing the limits of their capabilities wow. when they wow wow, wow. yeah <laughs> <laughs> uh yeah i am so there for that um uh, uh there is another movie coming out on the 15th uh -huh. I thought I had seen the worst animated, possibly the worst animated movie ever when I saw the star uh, uh, trailer. <laughs> oh, no. But then then this trailer called Ferdinand uh, hit my eyes. Oh, man. This Every cliche. So, oh, God. So bad. Now, it this does. is blue sky animation. This is the Fox uh, Pixar or whatever. Yeah, you they're terrible, too. So the people that make Ice Age and whatnot? Uh, Ice Age, robots, all that bullshit. Okay. Um, and yeah, this is about a bull. Yep. Well, you didn't you read Ferdinand when you were a kid? No. 
Really? I didn't. Yeah. I never, didn't it know. Sounds it was, like something. Didn't I know it was based read. on anything. Oh yeah, no, it's it's been around. I don't, since when I was a kid. So, so it's based on it's a Ferdinand popular the bull. Yeah. Oh, okay. I did not know that. Uh, I just know that when I watched the trailer, it didn't look like anything I wanted to see. No, it does not. It, um, it, it's it's a weird type of animation because it's so, I don't know, the, the colors are so muted, I guess, mm-hmm. but like still bright. It's a weird way to say it. It just doesn't look like any tradition, any animation that's out there now. And that's not a good thing. Yeah. I don't understand what the animation of from a lot of these other houses have started to really just look exactly the same. Yeah. Um, what is the obsession with drawing human characters with the nose that is so big that it's between their eyes? Yeah. And it's like, I, I just I, every character has that now. I don't yeah. get that. Um, but they're they're all just to get like the only distinguishable ones are Pixar, even though this Coco, like I said, it looks just like the other Disney animation wing. Pixar is really the only one. Illumination can kind of have some difference here and there, but everybody else looks like they're just cutting and pasting. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that looks awful. Um, then on the twenty second, just before Christmas, we have a movie called bastards coming out it's oh okay. it's it's wow yeah well um it's, owen wilson oh. and uh ed helms are in this now there's several i, I actually have several things to say about this movie <laughs> uh oddly enough this is a movie that won't do well by the way it's i don't think this is going to be a hit in any 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 stretch um it seems like we've we don't have any younger comedy stars coming up through the pipeline hmm. anymore. Um, Owen Wilson and Ed Helms are great, but they're also to the point now in their careers where they're not, you know, they're not they're in their forties or late forties and everything. Um, and it really just, it, it's more stale than anything. I, I'm, I enjoy those performers, but it just, mm-hmm. it just seems like, can you not find anybody who was their age when wedding crashers came out yeah. <laughs> um and uh and i don't there's just nobody it feels like all the the big stars who are young are like big dramatic actors and everything there's not any of that that frat pack mentality that's coming through the pipeline Maybe tom holland will turn in one of those guys he hmm? got enough humor in that spider-man movie yeah he, he does i don't know if you get the frat pack sensibilities though with him yeah. uh where he's he's going to do some risque sex comedy yeah. of some sort or whatever. <laughs> uh, Bastards also, I, I I ran into this a couple of, a couple of times where the the premise of the movie is so like another one, you know, like you know, Happy Death Day is Groundhog Day and Polaroid is is Final Destination. <laughs> and Bastards is almost a copy of a South Park episode where Cartman is looking for his real dad. And remember, mm-hmm. it was a it was a two parter because they. Th- oh, I remember this one. They yeah, never, yeah. they never, Trey Parker, and Matt Stone never intended to like actually answer the question. Right. They they, they had Cartman go around the town and and he, he's interviewing he's interviewing Chef yeah. he's interviewing Mister Garrison all these people and everybody's had sex with his mom. Everybody's right? had sex with his mom. <laughs> everybody's had sex with his mom and uh and, like every time he goes like he thinks he he's found his dad he's he's already like adopted their lifestyle and everything <laughs> so he like it with chef uh 
you know all of a sudden he's like you know he's black all of a sudden and uh and uh and shifts like whoa 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 we didn't do anything you know we didn't go that far during the and it was it's this big drunken barn dance or whatever yeah. and so like it's it's chef it's mr garrison it's like a whole bunch of other people it's the it's the 1988 denver broncos yeah. <laughs> um it's all that in this it's the same thing it's oh, the yeah. same thing ed helms and owen wilson uh their mom is glenn close and glenn close tells them that their real father they don't know who their real father is so they're going around looking for the real father and there's all everybody who's potentially the father is like some name actor it's like ving rames is oh, one wow. uh jk simmons is one um and and they're just going around like asking questions and of course like there's a there's i guess there's one fairly funny moment where like uh ving rames is talking to somebody and they don't he doesn't know her two kids are like right there and he's like oh yeah man she had an ass that went for days and all that and he was like going <laughs> talking real disrespectful about her and everything he goes yeah her kids are right here and he's like he's like but she was a really nice person you know he's like, <laughs> you know that type of thing um but yeah that movie's coming out on the 22nd uh the big one probably on the 22nd is pitch perfect three yeah god help us all boy that second one just sucked ass well and look have you seen the trailers for this yep. now they're gonna be action stars like it's like 22 drum street or yeah, 23 what without, did we without like funny. about the first one not this shit yeah exactly anyway yeah, yeah i'm over it yeah i am too i don't i don't get it uh there's another movie called downsizing i don't think i saw a trailer for this no it's but not it, out yet but alexander payne yep. uh directed this. oh it's about uh shrinking yourself mm-hmm. is it yeah yeah like you turn you turn yourself tiny and it, it, um, it actually like it helps with your environment and everything and interesting yeah yeah, yeah well, i'm I'm very curious because it's like well, alexander payne meets a little bit of a sci-fi concept i'm very good and it's yeah. matt damon right matt, yeah, damon, matt damon alec baldwin neil patrick harris jason sudeikis chris Fa- christoph Waltz, and reese witherspoon God, are all in I'm this so and on board with reese, that reese witherspoon's playing the uh russian girl who's trying to find a way to break up with her sugar guy. <laughs> that's right that's correct <laughs> Who is being played by Christoph Waltz. And they're both tiny. <laughs> yes, that is correct. Um, uh, and then a movie I did not, another movie I did not find a trailer for, and I'm supposing it's based on the $6 million man. This is $6 billion oh, man. Oh, is it Mark Wahlberg? Mark Wahlberg. Yeah. Oh. I remember reading about this. I didn't know it was this close to coming out. Well, mm. and I it hope may they not. keep the sound effect. It may not, yeah. <laughs> That's the only thing I ever really liked about that um but yeah that comes out now on the 20th I'm, i skipped over that because box office mojo does this weird thing with like friday is the dominant wednesday wednesday so wednesday jumanji uh, welcome to the jungle looks mm. terrible looks awful yeah the rock kevin hart uh karen gillen a little central intelligence and, reunion and basically jack black playing the hot chick like rob schneider yeah. did it's basically what that is yep. And it, it looks to have little resemblance to the movie anybody mm. might have loved. I don't care how many times The Rock says we've got a special Robin Williams tribute planned in this movie. I don't care. It looks dumb as shit. Yeah. It looks like some combination of Journey to the Center of the Earth and I don't even know what. This is what Chris Van Allsburg, uh, you know, visioned when he saw when he wrote Jumanji, right? <laughs> yeah. Was this movie starring The Rock and Kevin Hart. Yeah, exactly. Um, <laughs> I don't know. I mean, it's a it's a pre Christmas release, and I wouldn't I would not be surprised if it's made a hundred million or more. I wouldn't yeah. either, but I also wouldn't be surprised if America after Baywatch, if America kind of goes, all right, Rock, you need to prove yourself again. 
And, <laughs> right, Rock. Like, same with Kevin Hart. <laughs> yeah. Um, and making movies together. Uh, yeah. But uh, that CIA movie with Kevin Hart and Rock was terrible. Baywatch was terrible. Mm-hmm. Oh, Baywatch was just ridiculous. Yeah. So, so I bad. think maybe audiences might go. I'm just going to see Star Wars again. Yeah. Um, so that might make me a little bit happy because I, I love The Rock. He's super engaging. I just want him to make better movies. Yeah. Um, and then the last one they show as a wide release, although there's a f- couple other like intriguing things that are showing up on this, but the last big one looks like the greatest showman on oh, December 27th. Yeah. The PT Barnum, Hugh Jackman. It looks like Hugh Jackman sort of getting into that zone that a lot of people like to put with Hugh Jackman, the singing and dancing and mm-hmm. all that. Oh, this is a musical. It's, it looks like a musical. Um, uh, I don't know how I feel about that. Um, it, it may not be like, I don't, I don't know if it's like a traditional musical where everybody starts breaking out in song, but it looks like there's a lot of singing and dancing in it. Interesting. Uh, and it's about PT Barnum and about how, and there's a, there's a line where he says something about show business and the guy's like, what show? And like, I've never heard that term used or whatever. And he's <laughs> like, he's like, I just invented it. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. um, PT Barnum was fascinating. I mm-hmm. did a, book report on him and i think fourth grade i read a biography i remember my mind was blown by all the stuff that he thought of and did before anybody else in mm. terms of like the marketing and salesmanship and all that stuff and it'll be fun to see the great danton again I guess, yeah a little bit <laughs> well when i saw the poster for this i was like i thought it looked like prestige yeah. too or something like that <laughs> prestige <laughs> more <too>. prestige <laughs> that's right uh i guess the, the line i was thinking of is the there's no business like show business oh, or yeah. it's probably the line that he says but a um, couple other things. I don't know if, I mean, they, they're showing for some reason on uh, December 22nd, some untitled Steven Spielberg, but I'm pretty sure Ready Player One is his next movie. It is. And that comes out in March, I believe. Oh, oh he, really? no, he has a, one called The Papers. The Papers? You're it's right. About, it's about the um, the uh, Vietnam Papers, the Pentagon Papers. Yeah, 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 you're right. Okay, you're right. well, they're, they're still referring to it as untitled Steven Spielberg oh, really? on Box Office Mojo, so I don't know if that's something that is actually coming out. They um, should call it Papers and drop the the. <laughs> that's the, right. The. That's right. But yeah, it's got Allison Brie, Tom Hanks, uh, Meryl Streep, and Carrie Coon. Uh, it's been a while since a Tom Hanks Spielberg collaboration did anything for me. I mean, Bridge of Spies was good, but I didn't think. I didn't think it was like, yay, Spielberg. Yeah. There's also an untitled Paul Thomas Anderson is apparently coming out too. Yeah. And I don't know anything about that. Daniel Day Lewis is like a fashion designer or something like that. Oh, yeah, you're right. You're right. This is supposed to be his last movie too, right? Daniel Day? Mm hmm. Um, Just point me to a theater and I I will go see that. Absolutely. Yeah. Knowing knowing anything. I mean, you've got to feel like that guy would not walk away from the game. On a on a mediocre performance mm-hmm. or film. Now he never gives a mediocre performance, but you know not all of his films are as great as the others. Right. Uh, but you figure he's this is the kind of guy who's going to go out on a high note. Yeah, and Paul Thomas Anderson hadn't done anything since Inherent Vice, I guess, which was yeah 2015, 2016. Yes, yes. It's either fourteen or fifteen. I think. I think it's 14. Oh, it's been that long. Yeah. yeah. Um. I'm randomly clicking on stuff, and I'm sorry this doesn't make everything like you know um, chronological. Yeah, but. Uh, just to see what some of these re- limited releases are, LBJ, a Rob Reiner movie with Woody Harrelson, um, uh, Jeffrey Donovan, Jennifer Jason Lee, Bill Pullman, and Richard Jenkins. That comes out November 3rd, apparently. Yeah, yeah. Limited. Yeah. Just randomly right now, just to see what uh, the Takashi Miike movie called Blade of the Immortal is coming out. There's one that comes out in October that I that I found interesting. You guys probably would, too. It's called The Killing of a Sacred Deer. And it's a Yorgos Lanthimos uh, movie the guy that made the lobster oh okay and it's an a24 film oh and the trailer is 
fantastic. Oh, really? It promises like this cycle. It promises. It, it bills itself as a psychological horror movie uh, with Colin Farrell as a surgeon. Uh, Nicole Kidman is his wife. And he's somebody is doing things to their children through anesthesiology or surgery or something like that to where they're not moving correctly. And it, it, it sounds kind of odd. You should watch this trailer. It's really, really fascinating. Okay. I'm, I'm down with All this All right. Movie. Sounds interesting. So I'm just going to keep on looking at this stuff. There's a Richard Linklater movie coming out called Last Flag Flying, which I don't know much anything about. Steve Ethan Car- Hawke's in it. Steve Carell, Brian Cranston, Lawrence Fishburne are for sure in it. No, I'm sure Ethan Hawke's not in it, but he's in every other movie. Like <laughs> yeah, he probably is. He probably shows up somewhere. Um, does the guy that made Joy, does he not have a movie coming out this season? David O. Russell? Yeah, he always has an awards mm-hmm. movie. I don't know. I didn't see one. There's a movie called Darkest Hour coming out with Joe Joe Wright as the director, Gary Oldman, John Hurt, Lily James. That looks really good. Uh, I have not seen the trailer for that. He's uh, Gary Oldman is uh, Churchill. Oh, yeah? Oh, oh, that's right. I have seen that trailer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. I have seen He's that. He's unrecognizable. Yeah, man. And Churchill has such an interesting story. He does. Like, this, would, this would be, I, I guess it's like Lincoln, basically. Yeah. Um, yeah, I could I, I could get down with this. I did see this trailer, and I, I think this might be Gary Oldman's real shot at winning an Oscar. Mm-hmm. Um, because he, like you said, he looks unrecognizable, but he, it looks amazing. Uh, so I'm I'm looking forward to Plus, that. Plus, there's always at least one acting Oscar that goes to somebody who's earned it for the last 15 years, yeah. whether or not they earned it this year. Well, he might and, be in line for And that. he's only been nominated one time. I think everybody loves this guy, and this is a perfect opportunity for him to get one. And I don't know. You was know. it Tinker Taylor Soldier Spy was yeah. the one that he? Yeah. yeah. That was his first time that's crazy that's man all right well that'll do it for the uh the fall and winter preview uh probably, winter is coming that's right that Pro- was big probably yeah. went, probably uh we we went through a few that are not going to come out and there's probably a few we missed out of this whole group but uh but that's the basic big ones that are yeah. coming out so um uh what are we excited about out of all this i think uh i'm i'm excited for happy death day mm-hmm Thor Ragnarok, mm, the uh, Last Jedi, uh, Last Jedi, Molly's Game, and there's a couple others sprinkled in there, but those are the four that stand that out. Alexander Payne one, Alexander yeah, Payne yeah. one is the downsizing yeah, is going to be yeah. that'll be definitely on my list. So that's yeah, some there's stuff of, to be excited a about. A lot of a lot of good stuff coming out. I mean, even I'm kind of interested in this Lego Ninjago thing, but I have spent a lot more time with Ninjago than you guys have. Yeah, but I'm no, that would be on my list too. Yeah. I, I, it's always good going into a four-month movie season where there's at least four movies I want to see. Mm-hmm. That's a good sign. Yeah, doesn't mean it'll end good, but that's a good sign. We had uh, three or four that we were excited to see uh, in the summer movie preview. Mm-hmm. And I think we good. delivered with you know War for the Planet of the Apes, Dunkirk, Wonder Woman was yeah. good. What else? Uh, well, I don't remember really actually being excited about Wonder Woman. That one actually no, that's actually true, ended yeah. up being way better than I thought it would mm-hmm. be. Um, but there is a there is a couple of there is another one. Oh, Baby Driver ended up being good, mm-hmm. uh, even though the trailer was sort of like eh, I don't yeah, know. Yeah, so but- I guess that's that's a, a cautionary tale uh, for this. Is you know it's hard to judge a movie completely by its trailer, right? Um, all right, we're gonna move on to some questions. Let's do some questions. We got time for a couple, right? Yeah, baby. Question, question. I got something to say. I want the truth. I am listening. Okay. In honor of Dunkirk, a film not only shot beautifully, but edited with incredible discipline, what film would you most like to see the unused footage from? Mm, that is a good, that's a good question, uh, because, 
you know, most of the time I would say that your unused footage is probably not worth watching. Right. Uh, although there are certain directors, like I would watch Christopher Nolan's like rejected takes yes. and stuff. I would yes. definitely do that. The one that I thought of on this was Stanley Kubrick, 2001, oh. especially. I think there's probably some really cool things he probably shot for that movie that didn't make it into the final Space things? Movie. Space things. Mm-hmm. Just, I'm, I, I wouldn't, it really wouldn't matter. Wasn't he famous for doing multiple takes? He oh, was, yeah. and that's and that's another thing that I was thinking about was that Eyes Wide Shut had that it's a it's a rumor it's never been confirmed but uh, there was a shot it was either Sidney Pollack or Nicole Kidman uh, opening a door and walking across the room and it took a hundred and something takes um, and I don't know I I I don't know if there's anything interesting to be I mean unless you see what the actor is going through like yeah. you get to see the behind the scenes but it would be interesting to see a person walking into a room and then Kubrick just going cut you know and just, <laughs> God damn it Sydney <laughs> Yeah exactly and um and so you've directed movies before haven't you <laughs> Um but uh, it would be interesting to see 70 or 80 takes of somebody just walking in a room and seeing if there's anything that you could tell that from yeah. Now it obviously for Kubrick the the multiple takes may have not had anything to do with the take Mm-hmm. It could have been just doing something to the actor. Yeah. Yeah. To, to get them into some sort of frame of mind, like they want to be exhausted or yeah. exasperated or something like that. But I feel like a lot of his movies, 2001, A Clockwork Orange, The Shining would definitely be a good yeah. one. And Eyes Wide Shut would be fun to watch all the stuff that's cut out of the movies. Full Metal Jacket, maybe if you have some stuff in the beginning. I of bet the movie. Uh, Dr. Strangelove has some great definitely stuff. Definitely. Doctor, Doctor, I bet. Peter Sellers is going is, off. Yeah, in that. All right. Jesus. And yeah. then what? Famously, like George C. Scott had very little knowledge of what was going. on. He didn't on, know right? it was a comedy. Yes. Yeah, so there's the part where he imagine. where he falls, and that was not scripted. Uh-huh. And he falls, and then gets right back up. I don't know how George C. Scott doesn't know this is a comedy. <laughs> I don't know how does he not was know? He pissed off about yeah, it. Yeah, he, he saw the movie, and he was like, "That was not in the movie I shot, right?" <laughs> How does he not know? I don't know. His character's so comic. He yeah. he must be up in his head so much that uh, I'm going to deliver this to the best of my ability. Yeah, to the best of my ability. Yeah, <laughs> um, the, the, yeah there's the, the the scene where he trips. Apparently, that was one of the scenes where he thought, "Oh, he'll just use another take." Right. <laughs> and, and, but he 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 gets up so like perfectly, yeah. like like it never happened. Yeah. Oh my God! I, I'm so. I mean, if George C. Scott didn't know he was not filming a comedy, if he didn't know he was filming a comedy, then you would have thought that him tripping, he would have just not continued with the line afterwards. Right. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I guess Kubrick does that a lot because he, you know, the kid in The Shining didn't know he was filming yeah, a horror. That's movie, true. So, yeah. That's true. But hey, I would love to see some Kubrick out. That's good, good call. call. Good call. I'm going to steal the question asker's answer from the second part of what they said, or maybe it's what you said. No, it was the question. Um, answer. but flip it. Um. Because he was talking about the thin red line and how much Malik ultimately cut the main character of the script almost out of the movie mm. just to give us a bunch more nature porn. Man, I would die to watch hours of Terrence Malick nature porn. Yeah. yeah. I mean, if you took all the characters and dialogue out of the new world and yeah. just gave me two hours of that, like looking up in the trees as they sway in the wind, that shit is awesome to the yeah. point. I even have proof. Planet Earth. Just did their Planet Earth 2 this year, the BBC mm-hmm. co-production with 
whatever, Animal Kingdom, I don't know anymore. Um, and those shows are always great. It's hyper HD and angles you've never That's seen. so awesome. Uh, they have so much B-roll of just vistas. They've been putting out like one a week, uh, like 10 hours of mountains, eight hours of waves. And it's <laughs> it's not just the same waves or the same mountains. It's like multiple different vistas and mountains and locations just because they shot so much shit while they were out there waiting for the animals to come by. And it's awesome. It's, like I could put that on and almost meditate. It's mm-hmm. interesting you bring that up because there's a, there's a part in the Grizzly Man where Werner Herzog is yeah. talking about how the guy in the the subject of the movie is um, he, he they got he's got his hands on a lot of the footage that he shot, you know where he was just like taking uh, video of like uh, you know trees and yeah. stuff like that, and you hear Werner Herzog say like he's like I wish that I could have talked to him at the time that he made these movies because. A lot of times he comes into the frame and he starts talking and, and he, he doesn't understand that just shooting the nature has its own kind of poetry. Oh. And uh, and because because, uh, yeah, apparently like there's just shots where he's like, guess he's setting up the camera yeah. and everything. And, he's, and you just see nothing but like grass blowing yeah. and, you know, animals flying, you know, birds flying around and everything. And that dude was weird. Yeah. yeah. Yes, he was. <laughs> I've got a much less grandiose, I don't know, uh, example. But we've talked about Ex Machina having an alternate ending that we didn't see. Mm-hmm. And that involves Ava going up to the uh, the helicopter pilot, and we actually hear what they say. And he's talking to her, and she doesn't even understand. She doesn't hear it. She just interprets from his facial expressions. Mm. Uh, that would be super fucking chilling. And uh, I'd really like to see that. But I'd also, and I'm sure I will at some point, love to see the the alternate endings of passengers uh we've talked about passengers before um and how it's ultimately disappointing uh on many levels Mm -hmm. but it's super disappointing to me that she doesn't get in that fucking pod ever Mm -hmm. because there's a lot of different ways and they shot a couple of different ways too either she could spend five years with him she's still in her prime she's probably like 24 or something like that in this in this movie and then gotten into the pot, right? Mm-hmm. Or she, and she could have even like had him a couple of children to to play with, right? Or she could have killed him for being a dick yeah. and then gotten in the pot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Or yeah, absolutely. Or this is I know the moral question of this whole thing bothers everybody, but like either she gets in the pod, she spends a few days or weeks or months or years with him and gets in the pod, but like Get in the fucking pod, yeah. <laughs> you know? She just gave an interview recently where she said it was very diplomatic, but it was something along the lines of, I, I wish I had looked into it a little more before I joined on board or something like that. Oh, really? Yeah, like where I think she was sold on a handful of things. Probably the script was included, but she wasn't really sure that it was going to get, she didn't know it was going to get quite that almost technological rapey, uh, mm-hmm. basically. Um so I just think it's funny that I think I choose to believe she agrees with me. She's really good in that movie. She is. They're both so good and engaging. Mm-hmm. And even the bartender, I just I keep going back. It's one of the shittiest movies I keep going back to. Me too. I, yeah. I don't I don't know if I see that's the thing. I don't know if I would consider the movie shitty. It's just that it it tries to make you believe that Chris Pratt what he does in the movie is is okay. Or it can mm-hmm. be redeemed. Yeah, and can be redeemed. I I think the, I think it can be though. I, that's what I'm saying. That's why I would love to see this alternate ending. You can't take that moment away, obviously. Mm-hmm. The the year that she's spent out in the ship. But, like, if she gets in that pod, that pretty much redeems that character. The guy. The guy. Yeah, Chris Pratt. 
I suppose, but she didn't take it. She chose to stay in love. No, I understand that, but that that's where the movie could have taken a turn and, all right, they have this adventure, this had to be necessary, we're justifying his actions, but at least he's got some sort of redemption. Like, he, he did the right thing at the end. I love Lawrence Fishburne's reaction when he finds out. He's like, how long were you alone? Like, one year? He's like, still, damn. <laughs> Yep, because <laughs> that's the only thing that you can say. Really, yeah, I know. <laughs> um, it's interesting that you have people uh, coming out after the fact, like Jennifer Lawrence here. I, I read that quote too, and I also read that Sophie Turner during the you know the Game of Thrones, the really controversial season where she's raped by Ramsay yeah. Bolton and all that. Um, she was very defensive of those scenes back then. And then like a couple years later, she's had a time to reflect on it yeah. and everything. And so, you know, I, I guess I, I just didn't think of it the way that other people would be thinking. Of she it. also basically said she got her sex education on the set of that show. Yeah. Like she oh, didn't, yeah. had never heard of oral sex until they were doing like a read through of a skirt. <laughs> wow. or something like that. <laughs> That's crazy. <laughs> what it was. But that, you got to remember they were really young when they mm-hmm. started making that show. So anyway, they're still pretty young. <laughs> One of my favorite questions of all, all time. All time? If you could make an album for your own film comprised entirely of pre-existing songs from a variety of bands and artists, what song would you choose? I'm going to go ahead and answer this because I'm pretty sure your answers will be better than mine. On this. <laughs> I don't um, know about that. Well, the thing is, is that, I, I mean, obviously it depends on what movie would I make and what, and I could think of a lot of great songs to to go along with it, but I, don't, I can't really picture what movie I would be making or whatever. I just know that when I hear these songs, I always think of action movie type of stuff. Mm-hmm. So this is a lot of 90s metal that you're about to about to hear. Nice. And uh, they all have those just they all have some sort of similar kind of, uh, you know, vibe to them. They're like beat ass type songs, you know. <laughs> and uh, so like one is Corn's Here to Stay. And it's got that and it's got that. I haven't heard that. you. You have heard. This. I have. You've I definitely mean, it sounds, heard this. Sounds and like it, corn. By, by the way, be prepared for a lot of us mouth singing <laughs> some instrumental <laughs> stuff in here because there's really no other way to go. But but uh, but here to stay also has a little bridge in it where it's like, I'm here to stay. Bring it down. <laughs> I'm here to stay. <laughs> Bring it down. Oh, would, I know what you're talking about. And now. Okay, it would be yeah, yeah. it would be a perfect like setup to yeah. that. You know, that little part right there. And then it just goes and bring it down, <laughs> bring it down. You know, all that. That would be great action stuff. It gets my adrenaline pumping, man. And I would make this good action. Like there's a lot of movies that have 90s metal in it. And they're oh, yeah. awful. Yes. So I don't want to be associated with those. This would be good. Action. Mission Impossible 2. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, uh, okay. So then I also have Rage Against the Machines, Bulls on Parade. Oh, that's a. Uh, Perfect. The, one pick. of my favorite all time guitar riffs ever. Wow. Which is crazy. Wow. It's one note. It's yeah. just two octaves. Yeah, it is. <laughs> and uh and, and it's just one of those things that just gets you in the mood for like some action. And every time I hear it, I'm like, yeah, man, let's do something. You this know what I great. like about that that song is it starts off with just like a, a single snare hit. It's like Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, man. Rage is one of those bands that my wife has to just tolerate when it comes on the radio. Because if I if I pass a rage song, I stop, turn it up, and I jam, and she's just sitting there for three minutes suffering because it's like nowhere near what she would want to listen to. She listens to like 
folk music and whatnot, but uh, she still lets me do it. Something that taps into it. That album that was off of Evil Empire, yeah. I think is actually better than their self-titled uh, debut. I think so, too. And I love that first album. Yeah, I do, too. Uh, but that song, I, I'm always in the mood for some some serious, like, you know, let's break stuff. Not like the Limp Biscuit song. but <laughs> Not let's, the actual break yeah. stuff song. Uh, then there's a White Zombie, More Human Than Human. Oh, oh I, I like this song. Slide yeah. Guitar. Uh, yeah. That, uh, I love that. I love there's there's a certain beat to White Zombie. <laughs> yeah like it's almost like you could dance to white zombie yeah. songs that's they actually how did a, a dance remix of thunder kiss 65 oh did they yeah wow that's crazy i never heard that <laughs> i don't have to hear that but uh but more human than human is another one that i that i love i think it would be great in an action movie marilyn manson's beautiful people i know that's mm. uh it's a very like uh, common like <laughs> you know and all that uh but i just love the the opening the drums and everything you know all that it builds really nice and then another movie another song called monster space lord from monster magnet i was just listening to this song uh two days ago mm-hmm. and uh boy that's a that's a weird weird little song yeah it is it's got uh <laughs> it's it's almost like it's almost like funk metal it like, is it's got, it's got like funk... an acoustic guitar in it too it's yeah. crazy yeah uh because the 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 guy singing it's almost like he's at some sort of like jazz festival or something <laughs> like that when he's like singing and everything but it's got metal in it you know so it's uh space you know, lord mother mother yeah. doom doom doom, doom. <laughs> yep. really heavy bass and everything to it so uh those would be my five songs nice. i would have a an, an awesome action movie that's like not underworld or mission Impossible <laughs> 2 um that goes along with it uh i think they all have some good build up to them and uh and a lot of like you know like when they're when it's playing you're like you get really amped up for it so take a that's take good. a look around was that the limp biscuit yeah take a look around was the mission impossible too so all right is my turn mm-hmm. i'm making either a romantic comedy or a comedy so think like old school or a romantic comedy that's good that i can't think of right now because mm-hmm. there aren't very many of them uh so right off the bat opening credits we're going with xtc British band, yes. Stupidly Happy is the song. Awesome. Anybody, you know this song? Oh, yeah, yeah. I'm not this familiar. Is, this is my very favorite Make You Smile song. Mm-hmm. I cannot listen to this song. Now, most of their music is this way. Like, Sense is Working Overtime is great. They're very, they're a very kind of boppy, poppy, harmony-laden British pop band. Except for Dear God. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, Stupidly Happy, I just think, would be a great way to set the tone. If you listen to this song afterwards, I imagine some people will be doing that. I think you'll see what I mean. Mm-hmm. Over some of the main characters' morning routine, yeah, with the yeah. credits rolling. Um, but when it does get you know, a little bit sad or times look a little dark, I'm going to turn to Fountains of Wayne and we're going to do Fire Island. Nice. Which is a song no one will ever use in a movie because you can ask, fi- you can ask Fountains of Wayne fans their favorite song and most of them will get 20 or 30 songs before they even come close to touching this mm-hmm. one but i love that it's basically about fucking up the house while the parents are at fire island on vacation uh, <laughs> we're old enough by now to take care of yeah. each other and it's just got a very great mood setting it's it's bittersweet i like a lot of their songs um then when everything's looking up before tragedy is yet to strike in the relationship or the endeavors we're going to go back to that Guster Amsterdam song. Mm. Uh, now, a lot of songs off this album would work for a movie for me, but this one has the most drive because it's got that doom, 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 just constantly driving motion, motion. So I love it. But, man, Guster rules. And then when it's really sad and they might break up, we're going to play Nickel Creek's Doubting Thomas, um, which if you haven't heard it, it's sure just a, I'm sure I've heard that. Before. It's I'm pretty sure it's a religious song. 
in the sense that Doubting Thomas was the apostle who did not believe the resurrected Christ was his, actually him till he put his hand inside the sword wound on his side. Uh, and the song is essentially, seems to be saying, I, I'm a Doubting Thomas. I can't quite make myself believe. And the opening line is, what will be left when I've drawn my last breath mm. <laughs> besides the folks that know, or besides the folks I know and those who know me. And it's just a deep, deep song that gives me sads every time I listen to it. Because I think you can be a Doubting Thomas about non-religious things, about your own um, self-worth, about you know the things you're trying to do in your relationship or what have you. I think all of us have moments where doubt clouds our ability to succeed. Mm -hmm. So there you go. I haven't heard most of these songs, I don't think. I'm going to have to take a listen. Yeah, well, them. I mean, you and I have different music tastes, mm -hmm. um, especially after the metal uh, riff that you just went on. <laughs> yep. with, and I like rage, but... Um, so I'm not saying these are all going to be up your alley. My, my sensibilities are a lot more pop. Mm -hmm. like, I like songs that make me happy. Well, you know, I like Guster and oh, all yeah. that. Oh, yeah. I mean, I, I like generally a lot of things. Um, uh, the metal phase was definitely in the 90s. Yeah. Uh, like the stuff that there's playing, they're playing now. I can't. I cannot tolerate me it neither. at all. It's like it's like glorified country almost. It is. And it's it's over dramatic. Like I, I haven't met one metal front man. Um, outside of like kind of the fringe, mm -hmm. uh, you know, the the mainstream that just doesn't like overpronounce things like Rob Thomas from Matchbox 20 <laughs> yeah. or your boy Ed Kowalczyk from Live. Right, like, yeah. I, I just can't can't get behind. So, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, that's I'm, all I got. I'll definitely listen to those songs. You got one more. Oh, I did, but it was too cliche. I wasn't. Gonna, I had Seven Nation Army at the end when everything was looking up. Like, Ain't nothing wrong with that. After if it was old school, it would be right when they're like winning that competition at the end with the ribbon or whatever marching slowly and i would like to issue a plea that all sports fans stop chanting this yeah sports everybody's got it everybody thinks it's theirs mm -hmm. and it's not yeah. and my own baltimore orioles do this and it drives me crazy every time i watch one of their games it kind of is more of a baltimore thing than it is anywhere else though right well, maybe, but I don't know anybody can claim they did it first. There's a place in Italy that did it first. You know this? Yeah, there's an, uh, an Italian football club, that, so, uh, or soccer so stadium, that uh, that was credited for doing it the first time. I read a thing on the background of how this That's became ubiquitous. But, but. Even though it's annoying, we're dumbing down the quality of this great song by yeah. turning it into some sort of sports chant. Because it's so easy to... Oh, <sighs> anyway, so. I don't know. But I love that fucking song. So that would be right at the swelling ending. But I thought once Chris started talking, I was like, oh, mine, mine's a little cliche there at the end. It's probably also been in like six movies, but whatever. You could do, if you were worried about cliche, you could do another song from that album, The Hardest Button to Button, mm. which has the similar beat. It's mm. like, don't now, don't go, don't now, don't it's funny it's the Simpsons. <laughs> the Simpsons had a had an episode where they played that song. Oh, really? Yeah, hardest button to button, and it's like uh, I don't remember what was happening in. At, this might have been one of their like uh, milestone episodes. It might have been like the five hundredth episode or something mm. like that. Uh, but there's just a there's a scene where it's not really animated. It's just Bart like like choppy animation. Yeah, because that's the how the music. Videos. Yeah, going down the yeah. sidewalk and everything. And it's playing that whole song and everything. It might it might be one where Jack White actually uh, guest voiced it. Oh yeah, guest, guest voiced or something on there. So video is directed by Michelle Gondry. Oh yeah, mm -hmm. nice. he's done a lot of their stuff. Oh yeah. All right. Well, I'm going to do a a love story, and it's about two kids that are at a boarding school, like a Dead Poet Society. <laughs> 
style Once boarding again, school. Barrett gets way more specific oh, yeah. than anybody. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Trust me. Uh, but it's it's like one of those boarding schools with super high expectations, like, you know, where they're, they're pressing down on you. Uh, but it's co-ed, kind of like the, the college and rules of attraction. Um, so these two finally meet, and they're obsessed with getting out of here and breaking out of their parents' um, uh, watch and all that stuff and getting out of the school. So that's the background. Um, it's going to start uh, with the establishing shot by a song <laughs> called uh, Dirty Old Town mm-hmm. uh, by the Pogues, who I've mentioned before. Yep, uh, It's a great song. Then when they meet at, at a party. At a party. It's going to be like a Rules of Attraction style party where everybody's doing drugs and screwing and everything like that. End of the world party. Exactly. The background is going to be sexy motherfucker. You sexy yeah. motherfucker. And uh, because the scene's going to last a while, it's also going to feature pussy control. There you Prince. go. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so those are going to be my background when they meet. Now, they're, they're starting to plot now. They get back and they're like, how are we going to do this? How are we going to get out of here? It's going to be exit music from a film. Oh, Radiohead nice. off of OK Computer, which is about getting out of a situation yep. with, your, with your lover. Uh, I said lover. Obviously, <laughs> he takes your lover, <laughs> the Will Ferrell, <laughs> yeah. Rachel Dratch skit. Hello, lover. <laughs> um, obviously, they got to get down. They got to get down, and then they got to, you know, knock the boots. Yeah. During the boot knocking. Are you going to mm-hmm. play uh, knocking the boots? No. That 80s, that 90s? I'm, I'm going. Somebody rocking, knocking the boots. <laughs> Remember that song? Oh, yeah. I love that song. Uh, I'm going to go polar opposite, and I'm going to play Beethoven's second movement from the Pathétique Sonata, which you've heard before. Uh, I, I won't attempt to sing, but it's a just a piano sonata. This is giving me vibes like that Leonard Cohen song and Watchmen during the sex scene. No, no, no. It's very because these two they're not going to be like going at it like a couple of like mules humping. Like so <laughs> <laughs> but can can we rewrite the script so they do? <laughs> I have this weird juxtaposition of this very violent sex going yeah. on. The- we find a song by if, Government if, Mule. If, if they're not plowing each other, I'm not interested. <laughs> pile driving like in the uh, heartbreak. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Can you pile drive me like that? <laughs> uh, during the climax of the film, uh, I don't know if you've heard this. I, I think you have. It's a song called Starla, Smashing Pumpkins. Uh, uh, I'm was, sure I have, but It's I don't. this beautiful, epic thing that starts a very minimal like guitar strumming and turns into this wild and crazy like distortion fest at the end. It's awesome. You should listen to it if you haven't. It's off of was, Pisces Iscariot. Oh, uh, uh, okay. That's not their first one, right? No. No, that's the, it's the one in between Siamese Dream and Melancholy and okay. Infinite Sadness. It's, it's a bunch of B rolls. And then the last one, as the credits are starting to roll, it's going to be Death Cab for Cutie, I Will Possess Your Heart. Yeah. Oh. Uh, which is also a very long song. It's like a nine-minute song. So it'll take up basically all the credits. And <laughs> oh, so was there a radio edit of that? Because yeah. I don't think that I don't think I've ever heard the nine-minute one. Well, the uh, it's basically the the opening riff, the doom, 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 doom. That goes on for like seven minutes. Oh, really? <laughs> so they, they truncated that. In oh. The you know that part in... Um, that movie with John Cusack you love about records, High Fidelity, huh? <laughs> where he says, I will now sell five copies of the beta band, and they put in that song. Yeah. When you go listen to that song in real life, first of all, it's like seven and a half minutes long. Yes, it is. And there's like five minutes of song before it gets to the part <laughs> yeah. that is actually selling the record that he puts it in and starts. But that's like five minutes into the song. That's the code to the song. Yeah. Oh, God. It's a great song. I never understood. I mean, I mean, those I kind of understand. You know those, remember when they used to have hidden tracks on CD? Oh, yeah. yeah. And everything. Guster has Endless a great one. Endless oh, And the end of Nevermind. Oh, yeah? yeah? Yeah, that's right. That's right. And uh, there was the one on uh, Tool's Undertow. Yeah. Where, like, the 
like this you know it would be it'd be silent forever if you left the cd playing and you wouldn't even think anything about it and then suddenly this hidden track comes on it's nothing but like farm animals and yeah. all sort of type of shit and it's like that forever and then finally it's like a little bit of a music going on this is necessary <laughs> and, and his life feeds on life and all that it's like it would be one of the it's one of those like if you if you ran the tool cd and did not know about the hidden track it would scare the fuck yeah. out of you well that's the, i'm pretty sure the guster one it's on the album after i think it's on the album after amsterdam keep it together um and it's about noah's ark and the only reason I knew it ever existed was I was driving and I was tr trying to find some place and the CD had ended and I just hadn't bumped it to the next CD yet. And after like a minute and a half, this little dreamy, boppy toy box kind of a song is like two at a time, two at a time. <laughs> it's about uh, animals going into the ark. <laughs> great anyway that's great green day has one at the end of dookie too yeah yeah was, i was all by myself yeah you see it's dying because people aren't buying albums anymore i guess so yeah now you can't do a hidden track on soundcloud <laughs> no <laughs> no can't do that well that uh, yeah that'll do it uh, for this week uh please keep going to soundcloud which was uh definitely saved yes, uh, yes it was for now not well, by they chance took, they took 170 million in funding from somebody so they'll be around for a while but it was the vimeo people oh no was it oh well, i know that they changed ceos and their new ceo was the old ceo of vimeo yeah yeah, yeah. okay uh but uh but like uh, barrett always says you can go to other places to uh send your comments our way yeah everything. absolutely uh if you want to go and uh give us a rating on itunes you know this is where the majority of people listen to us on itunes uh, if you want to drop a nice note there, we're looking at them. But uh, by and large, we'll uh, we'll read the SoundCloud comments. And if you want to email, let us know where you're from. We've gotten a lot of stuff. We got our first African email. Yeah, and then we got another week. one. And then we got another yeah. one like two days later. Uh, I was literally just talking to Chris last week about like, we've gotten you know mail from or messages from all over the, the world, except for Africa. Mm -hmm. And <laughs> that week we get two. So yeah. uh, let us know where you're from. We love, and if you're right down the street from us, that's fine too. Mm -hmm. uh, we love you guys. And I don't really want to know if you're right down the street from us. <laughs> yeah, my address keep is that blah, to blah, yourself. Blah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but uh, that'll do it for this week. It's Chris Atkins and Jeremy Scott and Barrett Sherrill. We'll see you next time. Thanks for listening. Comment on our episodes on our SoundCloud page. Check us out on YouTube, Twitter, Facebook, and Reddit. And be sure to visit cinemasins.com. Shot. Well, then quit fucking around and do it already. <laughs> yeah, there's some intriguing shit coming up. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. There are a couple of movies I definitely want to see. Mm -hmm. There's then, a lot that I don't. And there's a lot that I don't. <laughs> it's about how it is every holiday season. <laughs> so the Nashville subreddit has been going nuts over this new pizza place called yeah. Slim and Huskies. Slim and Huskies. <laughs> Have you heard of this? No. no. So it's a couple of whatever the university is in North Nashville. There's TSU. TSU. They're TSU grads, mm -hmm. and one is really husky and played football, and the <laughs> other one is not. They're friends, and they they open this restaurant in North Nashville, wherever that is, and it's all like community focused. Like they hire all local people, mm. and I think they hired a convict or something. Like they're just trying to give back, but they all apparently make badass pizza. 
No kidding. Slim and Huskies. Slim and Huskies. Is it a current convict or an ex-convict? I'm pretty sure it's an ex-convict. I don't even know if that's part of it. Oh, a pizza place where you make your own fucking, pie. Yeah. <laughs> Although there's some people who you really roll love, out the dough and you stick it in the oven. There's some people who really love that Papa Murphy's though, man. Huh? They 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 go home, they cook it. It tastes really good. It is, but it's it's more work. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> and it's it's almost the same price too. Yeah. There's that you know that fondue place that's been on Second Avenue for forever. Melting pot. Melting pot. Yeah, yeah. My old boss. Man, it, for some reason, it really ground his gears that that restaurant existed. And he would always say, why do I want to pay 50 bucks to cook my own food? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Did you ever fondue when you were growing up? No, no. Well, mom did fondue, but fondue for us was some kind of a cheese soup mm-hmm. and pieces of bread. Uh, but then it wasn't our, like a, an actual pot. It was, but mm-hmm. it wasn't like like fondue is not always just cheese. Like right, right. my wife and I did one on our honeymoon. There's some kind of at the bed and breakfast we were at. They had a special fondue dinner in the shack or whatever, and so one of the things they brought out was like some kind of beef broth something. Oh, and we had pieces of meat that we could stick in there, and it would cook the meat, and then they went all through even dessert. They had a dessert fondue. Oh uh, yeah, but again, it was a lot more work. Also, I don't really know when that piece of meat is cooked. Oh, you don't have like instructions? Don't they have like uh, keep it in here for? 30 seconds or whatever? Uh, I'm sure there was something like that. <laughs> but also, you don't want to be like timing your watch. And right. You don't want to be like, eh, this is fun. My next bite is coming up in a minute and a half. Um, I want a man who's got the guts not to fight back. <laughs> that's a great that, impression. That's another, that's another uh, you know, uh, Harrison Ford uh, victory lap. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah.